I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to r slash entitled parents, the movie best of 2021 edition. In this epic episode, I'll be showing you the very best entitled parents, people, kids, whatever stories from the past year. If you are a fan of the r slash entitled parents, the movie series that I've got going on, I believe this might be episode 11, 12, even more. I don't know. I'll leave a playlist link down below to all of them so you can go and check that. But this is going to be the best so far because I can cherry pick the very best stories of this entire year. Now, just a quick heads up before we get into it. If you're watching this on the day it comes out, it is currently December the first and this is the first of 62 videos that i'm going to be uploading throughout the month of december so that means that i'm going to be posting once again two videos per day this year until the end of 2021 so this is the first video that i'm posting today and there'll be another one coming later on this evening anyway with that all being said i hope you guys do enjoy this one sit back relax it's a long one but it's very very enjoyable here we go entitled mother tries to get her name on my car hello everyone I recently posted a story about my husband's entitled stepmother and the encouraging responses I received have given me the courage to post about my entitled mother. If you read my other post, you will have a sense of how entitled the Karen in that story was. But my entitled mother makes her look like Mother Teresa. Not kidding. I'm 46 now, but this story begins when I was 14. The backstory is long and the story itself spans 18 months. So this is going to be a very long one. Sorry in advance. Don't apologize. Here we go. First off, the backstory. I'm the youngest of three kids. I have two older brothers and my mother really shouldn't have had children. I later realized that she is a sociopath. But as a kid, I only knew she was a huge manipulator and was a great actress. She did evil things and could turn on the tears when appropriate and play the victim. My grandparents were wonderful people and sadly were just blind to their children's bad behavior. My mother was the oldest of three children and she had two younger brothers and they were all terrible adults. My grandparents built a second house on their property for my mother and stepfather, who was just as evil as my mother. We technically lived with my mum and stepdad in that second house, but it was my grandparents who really took care of us. They paid the bills for both houses, grew a garden, and put food on both tables. My grandparents bought our school clothes and were the ones that got us Christmas presents from Santa each year. My grandmother would actually get up each morning, walk to our house, get us all up out of bed, dressed, and walk us to the bus stop, and made sure we got on the bus. We'd come home from school and go to grandma's house for snacks, to do homework, play, and we wouldn't really go to the second house until it was time to go to bed. My mother and stepdad both worked a job and knew how to blow through money and cry poor to my grandparents, who would pay the bills for the sake of the grandkids. My grandparents were wonderful people who really loved us, but were sadly just plain naive about my mother and the abuse she subjected me and my brothers to. When my mother married my stepfather, me and my brothers were very young, and I don't have but a few memories of my biological father. My mother enrolled us into school with the last name of my stepfather, and I just always assumed that my stepfather had adopted us. 
It wasn't until my oldest brother got his driver's permits and I saw that his last name on the license was that of my biological father's that I started asking questions. My oldest brother was three years older than me and told me that his birth certificate said his last name wasn't that of our stepfather's. And so I asked if mine and my other brother's name were the same. He just told me that he didn't know. But I did some sneaking around when no one was home and found my birth certificate and social security card. And they both showed that my last name was that of my biological father's. That meant that I was 12 years old when I found out what my real name was. As we grew up, I watched as my mum would take my brother's earnings from their jobs. And even though each of them had bought their own vehicles, she got her name on their titles and then would threaten to take away their cars if she didn't get what she wanted. So now you have an idea of who she is. And this now leads me to my story. I got a job waiting tables when I was 14. Yes, I was technically not old enough to work, but sometimes you do what you have to do. I was paid in cash on my hours and of course my tips. My grandparents made sure I got to and from work and I saved every bit of cash I could from my mother. She took some of my money, unfortunately, but I was able to hide away most of it. I worked 40 or more hours a week and went to school as well and made good grades. I didn't mind working so much because it got me out of the house and the more I worked, the more I made. Fast forward a year and I'm at my best friend's house and we were having a conversation that went like this. I'm going to get my permit in six months and I need to figure out how to get a car. I've saved quite a bit of money, but I'm not sure how to actually get one. My best friend replied, I don't know either. How much money do you have? Well, I've saved about $2,000. By the time I'm 15 and a half, I should have at least 2.5K or more if I keep working the hours I work now. That's a lot. You should be able to get something with that, surely. Yeah, but I don't know much about cars and I can't ask grandma or grandpa because they'll tell my mum, and then she'll take the car from me. Now, my best friend's dad, who has been listening this whole time, gets involved in the conversation. Hey, OP, I have a motor and transmission sitting in my garage that I can't use. Didn't you once say that your grandfather has a garage? Yeah, he's got a large garage that he uses to fix his cars, tractors, and other mechanical things that need fixing. So if you had the parts, he's got the space and tools to fix a car. Yeah, I suppose so. What are you doing this weekend? I'm having to work the morning shift on Saturday, but I get off at 1pm. Can you come over after you get off work? Yes. Why? I think I can help you with your problem, but don't say anything to anyone. Okay. So Saturday rolls around and I get off work. Now, when my grandpa picks me up, I asked if he would drive me to my friend's house so we can do some homework. I was good at maths and she was good at science and we'd help each other out with homework because I sucked at science and she sucked at maths. He said sure and drove me over and dropped me off. I go in the house and there is my best friend and her dad both ready to go out. The dad said, we're going shopping. This is going to be great, said my friend. But what are we actually shopping for? I questioned. I'll tell you in the car on the way. Let's just go. We get into the car and as we are driving to town, the dad explains that the transmission and motor in his garage had come from a family member's car who had died and the car itself was trashed, but they were able to pull the motor and transmission, which were fine. Now they scrapped the car, but they didn't really have a use for the motor or transmission. He said that he spent $100 to replace a few parts on the motor that needed replacing he said that if i wanted the motor and transmission he would sell them to me for a hundred dollars and that our trip to town today was to find a car that would fit it i told him okay 
this wonderful man drove me and my friend to a local junkyard to find a car He had connections with several junk car owners and knew that one of them had a car that would fit the motor and transmission He had and was in great condition and he was actually thinking of buying the car for himself But when he heard about me trying to get a car, he thought it would be better for me We arrive at the junkyard and i'm thinking there's no way i'm going to get a car here But way in the back of the yard was this 1979 Chevy Monte Carlo that was beautiful. It was just a shell of a car. No motor, transmission, tires, or anything, but the car itself was perfect. No dents, and the paint was still in great condition. I actually couldn't believe how pretty the car was. A metallic brown. The dad explains to me that I can get the car, motor, and transmission, and he would take me to town with a parts list and I can buy all the parts. He would arrange to have the car and all parts delivered to my grandparents' house, but only if I thought I could convince my grandfather to put it together. I told him that I was on board. So, I bought the car shell and had to get the front and rear axles and rims from another car at the same junkyard. The dad made sure that the owner listed me as the buyer on the bill of sale. This will come into play later. And then, for the rest of the day, he took me to parts stores to get all the parts I would need, including tires. Now, I did offer to pay the dad for gas, but he wouldn't take any money from me. I was nervous about going down this route, but the dad knew exactly what he was doing. And he even helped me to track down the original owner of the car to sign over the title to me. Now, I'm still not sure why this was wholly necessary, but something about having a real title instead of a junkyard title was important. I paid for all the expenses and the dad walked me through the process. This was a Saturday, but it took till the next Saturday before the dad could get everything arranged for delivery. So, Friday night, I tell Grandpa what I did, but I wasn't really sure how he was going to take the news. So, in wanting to protect the amazing dad, in case things went badly, I told my grandpa that I had been the instigator in wanting to buy the parts, and the dad had simply helped me, thinking it was okay with my grandpa. To my utter amazement, my grandpa started smiling, and we had the following conversation. You're telling me that tomorrow, the dad is going to be delivering a car, transmission, motor, and other car parts here, and you just want me to put the car together for you? Well, yeah, I figured it was cheaper to buy the car this way, and since you have the garage and the tools, you could do it. The boys, my brothers, could help too. I know I didn't ask, and I'm asking a lot from you, but I don't have to borrow any money from anyone to do it this way, and by the time I get my driver's permits, I'll have my own car. My grandpa had a sly smile on his face. How much have you spent total on everything? I've spent $736.27. I'd already totaled up my receipts and this was for everything. I still remember the total to this day. Really? And you've got everything we need to put the car together? Yeah, I believe so. But if I've missed something, I can get it and you'll tell me what I need, I'm sure. Well, you've already spent the money, so there's no going back on it. I actually wish you would have taken me with you so I could make sure everything you bought is what you need. I guess your brothers are going to be busy tomorrow. With this, I gave him a huge hug and thanked him profusely. I knew he had his doubts and was thinking I probably got taken for over $700, but he was willing to see how things panned out. The next day, just as my friend's dad had said, a truck arrived with the car and all the parts. My friend was with her dad in another vehicle behind the truck. And my grandpa directed the driver to the garage where he watched everything get unloaded My brothers were there and everyone was just amazed when they got a look at the actual car and the condition it was in 
My grandpa went over and shook my friend's dad's hand and thanked him for helping me And then my friend and her dad left after I thanked him repeatedly and again offered him money for the gas Which he again refused my grandpa came over to me and just winked at me and told the boys to get to work My entitled mother showed up a few hours after the work began and was being filled in by my grandpa on what was going on Needless to say she was very upset that she wasn't involved in the process and kept saying that it wasn't going to work It took about three weeks for my brothers and my grandpa to get the car put together because they didn't work on it every day Mostly on saturdays. I kept asking my grandpa if I needed any more parts And he said that I got everything and that I made a very savvy decision After three weeks my car was in running condition and my grandpa began to show me how to check oil Change tires and basic things. I would need to know about owning my first car Fast forward a few months and i'm now 15 and a half and I go to take my test for my learner's permits Now I didn't mention this before but my grandparents had a farm So I was able to learn how to drive in my car on the farm without endangering people on the streets So I felt prepared for my test after passing my test and getting my permits I now needed to get some insurance after work one day I walked a half block down the street to the insurance agency that my entire family used I knew I was a minor and I was dreading having to ask to be put on my mother's insurance So I was going to ask if I could be put on my grandparents insurance I walk into the insurance agency and have the following conversation. I greet an insurance agent inside Hi, remember me? Of course, you are so-and-so's daughter and the granddaughter of your grandparents. Yes, I just got my learner's permit a few days ago and I need to get some insurance. You sure do. Come into my office and let's take a look. As I'm following him into the office, I say, do I have to be on my mother's policy? I was getting ready to ask if I could be put on my grandparents' policy. But before I could ask, the agent replied, Well, you can have your own policy, but it's expensive. I wouldn't advise it. Wait, what? You mean I can have my own policy even though I'm a minor? Yeah, this state has licensed you to drive and also requires you to have insurance. Therefore, you can get your own policy if you'd like. But most kids get insurance on their parents' policy to save money. But I can get my own policy in my name and no one else's. Yes, but I wouldn't advise doing that because it is very expensive. Even though you've got good grades and are a girl, it would be very expensive. But I do want my own policy. Are you sure? Absolutely. So, after getting the information together about my car and explaining liability insurance, he gives me the quote for six months and then the quote for what it would be for month to month. I wrote him out a check to cover the six months and his mouth just kind of dropped. He once again tried to give me a quote on what it would be if I was to go on my mum's policy, but I never gave him the chance. I wanted my own policy. I left that day with an insurance card and I was feeling very good as I walked back to the cafe that I worked at and waited for my grandma to pick me up. When she picked me up, I told her I took care of insurance that day, but didn't tell her any details and told her that I wanted to go to the tag agency in two days to have the title of my car transferred into my name. I asked her if she would be willing to put her name on my car since I was a minor. And she told me that if I wanted that, then she would do that. I thanked her and told her we would do it in two days as soon as I got off school, since I didn't have to work that day. Fast forward to two days and I get home from school. 
walked into the kitchen to find my grandma cooking I asked her if she was ready to go and she turned to me and said the following I was talking to your mother and she said that since she is your mother That her name is the one that should be on your car and she is coming by to pick you up and take you to the tag agency My heart sank a little bit and I was annoyed that my grandma had been talking to my mum I don't think it has to be an actual parent. I think it can be any adult. I replied Well, she is your mother and it is more appropriate that her name go on your car than mine As soon as my grandma said those words my mum pulls up and honks her horn I am so mad at this point and I just walk out the door and get into her car Did your grandma tell you what we talked about my mum said yes good you've got all the paperwork yes On the ride over, I was seething. I vowed her name wasn't going to go on my car. She had done this to my brothers and had repeatedly denied them their cars when she got mad and wanted control over them, even though she never spent a dime to buy their cars or insurance. I vowed to myself that I would put my grandma's name on my title even if she wasn't with me. We get to the tag agency and wait in line. It gets to my turn and I lay the title, bill of sale, insurance card, and my ID on the counter, and the nice lady picked them up. She takes a few minutes to look over the paperwork and then addresses me. So your name is spelled like this, correct? It is an odd spelling, so I understand that she wants to make sure that it's spelled correctly. As she gets to the third letter, my entitled mum interrupts her. Excuse me, um, she is a minor and my daughter, and my name needs to be on the title. I'm about to say something about putting my grandma's name on it when the lady says well your daughter's the only name on the bill of sale so her name is the only one that has to be on the title thank you to my friend's dad for that but she is a minor and can't have a car in her name i'm her mother and my name has to go on the title that's not actually how it works the only name that has to go on the title is the name that appears on the bill of sale it doesn't matter that she is a minor she can own a car in her own name My mum is getting red and very mad at this point. But I am her mother and she is a minor. Stressing each word slowly as if she's talking to a small child who just doesn't understand. The tag agency lady now looks at my mum irritated. That doesn't matter. She can have it in her name if she wants. I could have jumped over the counter and hugged and kissed this woman at this point. But the lady cuts off my mum and looks at me. Do you want your mother on your title? No. Okay then, let's carry on. So again, you spell your name like this and she begins to repeat back to me the spelling of my name, leaving my mum furious at being cut off and not getting what she wanted. After the lady verifies all the information, she informs us she has to go to type up the paperwork and that it will be a few minutes. She isn't that far from the counter and I know that she and her co-workers can hear the following conversation that then happens between me and my mum. You know, you won't be able to drive the car if you don't have insurance. I know, but I have insurance. Not if I cancel it, then you can't drive. But I have my own insurance. No, you don't. You're a minor and you can't have your own insurance. You have to be on my policy. Nope, I got my own insurance. All right, well, I know you're lying. When we leave here, I'm going to cancel it. We just stood there in silence, waiting for the agency lady to get finished with my paperwork. And I'm just vowing that she is not going to cancel my insurance. And I can tell she is seething that she didn't get her name on my title. Now it's clear she's in a hurry to get to the insurance agency so she can try and cancel my insurance. The lady returns to the counter and smiles very sweetly at me and says, Here is your paperwork and you should get your title in about a week. 
congratulations on your car and good luck I turned and saw that at that point I was by myself because my entitled mum had already left the building and was getting into her car ready to leave I leave and get into the passenger side and I don't say a word as she speeds out of the parking lot The insurance agency is less than a mile down the road and I swear my mum was doing 80 to get there As soon as we pull into the parking lot, she gets out and practically runs into the building and I was just trying to keep up I was ready for a fight to keep her from cancelling my insurance She got into the building before I could get there and when I entered the building She was already shouting for the insurance agent who was exiting his office as I entered the door My daughter says she has her own insurance Yes, she does but she can't have that. She's a minor. It must be against the law Mom, she's been licensed to drive by our states and they require her to carry insurance It doesn't matter that she's a minor. She can have her own insurance It is the law, but she is a minor She says the word minor very slowly like again She's trying to explain to him the meaning of the word that doesn't matter She is required by a law to carry insurance fine and i tried to talk her out of getting a policy in her own name because it's expensive but she insisted oh that is ridiculous i want you to cancel her insurance right now she is still screaming at the top of her lungs mom the policy is in her own name and the only way her policy can be cancelled is if she fails to pay or requests to cancel it herself since she's already paid for the policy in full then only a request from her can cancel that policy i finally interject at this point I don't want to cancel my policy. She is a minor and this is against the law. No, mom, it isn't against the law. Without another word, my mom turns on her heels and heads out the door. I mouth, I'm sorry, and thank you to the agents and turn to run out the door myself. She was trying to drive out the parking lot before I even got in the car. So I rushed to get in the car because I did not want to walk the 10 miles back to my grandparents' farm. On the drive home, she was driving whilst hitting me in the passenger seat, telling me what an ungrateful girl I was, that if I died, no one would be able to do anything with the car since no one's name was on the car. I just endured the hitting and actually didn't feel most of it. I couldn't believe that I actually ended up in a position where she couldn't take my car and had no hold over me. I was so happy inside. When we got to my grandparents' farm, I had to actually jump out of the car while it was moving because she wasn't going to take the time to drop me off. I walked into the kitchen where my grandma was still cooking. How did it go? It went well, grandma. Did you get everything settled? Sure did. I walked over and gave her a kiss. All my anger from earlier had disappeared. Had my grandma taken me to the tag agency, I would have probably put her on my title. And somewhere down the line, my entitled mum may have convinced her to sign the title over to her. I know this. This is one of the rare times where my grandmother's naive nature about my entitled mum had actually worked in my favour. That car saved my life. Literally. I was able to leave the farm just a few months later since I now had transportation and no one had the right to take it away from me. Sorry this post was long, and I'm sad to say this is only one story of many, but it was one of the few times where I came out on top. If you're still reading, thank you for your time, and have a great day. I couldn't echo that more. 
Wow, uh, where to even begin with this story? What an absolute marathon. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it was definitely a long one. Probably one of the longest stories that I've ever read. Longest single stories I've ever read on my channel. But you guys have been asking for longer stories and I thought, you know what? Let's give the people what they want. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. As for OP, as I always say with these people, you know, it must be so hard living with parents like that. Pretty much just, you know, stealing and, and thieving and just using your own kids for their own goods, right? This mum has nothing to do with this car. She hasn't, you know, got any of the money for the car, hasn't paid for it, has nothing to do with the insurance, nothing. It's her kid's car, it's OP's car, but still she wants her name somehow associated with it so that she can control her own children. It's mad. If your child has done well enough and has worked their butt off to get enough money to buy a car at the age of 15 and a half, which I guess must be legal in whatever state this is in, then just please, like, surely you have to be, you know, really proud of them and say to them you've done an amazing job to do that well at 15 and a half not try and you know ruin it for them and, and steal their car and have control over it it's mental but hey that's an entitled parent for you you hit my kid with a snowball during a snowball fight so my friend had this happen to him and wanted me to share it here i will talk from his perspective throughout for context i'm at a snowball fight and i'm hiding behind a snow mound I see a kid sneak around the mound, so I hit him with a snowball. He cries and runs home. I don't really think much of it, so I keep playing and tell my friend on my team. He just laughs and we play peacefully for about three minutes. Then the kid's entitled mum comes up to me. Why did you hit my kid with a snowball? Uh, mom, this is a this is a snowball fight. What are you talking about? But why did you target my poor angel? She gestured towards her son. I didn't, mom. He was about to hit me with a snowball himself. This is abuse. The police will hear about this and I'll see you in court. She then storms off and is stopped by my friend's parents. It was his house. What is going on? My friend then explains everything. You raised such an effing rude by child. And then the entire mum is just forced to leave. Well, look, if you ask me, if there's one place you're allowed to throw a snowball at someone with, with no repercussions, surely it's in a snowball fight. I mean, <laughs> how can you cry about getting hit with a snowball in a snowball fight? Y you know what you signed up to do, you know? Get hit with snowballs. It's kind of in the name. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this person just doesn't like getting hit with snowballs and, and this was their way of finding out. No more snowball fights for you in future, I guess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now moving on to our next story. My mum and stepdad stopped a class of kids from ever having hot chocolate again. So I was making a delicious cup of hot chocolate on my own earlier. And it reminded me of the following story. I think this belongs here. I'm not quite sure. I'll be the judge of that. All right. So don't worry about that. A few side notes before I begin for all the folks that don't live in the UK, aka losers, by the way. Uh, anyway, I better not say that. Firstly, year six is the final year in primary school. For Americans, I think that's like your version of middle school. I'm not sure though. No, neither am I. I'm sorry. But year six should be, what, 11 years old. 
Secondly, in my primary school, the deaf students had their own classroom for each year for extra support. They would still be included in our class projects and main subjects, English, Maths and Science, but they had their own classroom for other subjects so they had more support. In my year, as there were three deaf kids, a couple of kids from the main class could go into the deaf class for extra support for them and so the deaf kids didn't feel as isolated. Thirdly, green and black chocolate is very expensive. Good quality chocolate. It's around £2 a bar in shops. What's that? $3. It's very rich depending on the percentage of cocoa in it. You can get different percentages of cocoa and that would be how strong it is. So 85% cocoa would be stronger than 80% cocoa. My mum loves green and blacks, by the way. Now, onto the story. The entitled mum in this story is actually my mum. Oh god, that is not a good sign. And entitled stepdad is my stepdad. Okay, here we go. So, when I was in year six, me and another girl were in the deaf class with the deaf kids. In our school, we were allowed to call our teachers by their first names. Not every primary school is like this, most actually go by surnames. So, the deaf kids teacher was a lovely Greek woman. We will call her nice teacher. Now, she was a very enthusiastic teacher. Once a week, she would make us students in the smaller class hot chocolates as a treat. It was the best hot chocolate I had ever had. Well, one week, our nice teacher asked us students to chip in with ingredients. She gave each student an item to get and I had the task of getting the chocolates. However, she specifically asked me to get the green and black chocolate at 85%. After school that day, I asked my entitled mum and entitled stepdad when we were next going shopping. They both said they weren't sure. The next day, my mum said shopping was getting done whilst me and my brother were at school. He's three years younger than me. So I asked her about the chocolate. She said no, as it was too expensive. She then asked why I needed it, so I told her. Her and my entitled stepdad exploded. They said they weren't paying for it and we can just use cheap chocolate. I explained that I was asked specifically to get that chocolate as it's what our teacher used, but my entitled stepdad and mum weren't having any of it. Instead of going shopping, they actually called a meeting with the head teacher, deputy head, and my nice teacher. I don't know what exactly happened in that meeting, but when it was over, the nice teacher came back into the classroom in tears. I knew what had happened. She stood in front of the very small class and told us all that due to a complaint, we weren't allowed to have hot chocolate ever again. I felt awful. I knew it was because of my parents. Just as lunch was beginning, she pulled me aside and told the other kids to leave. She told me that my entitled mum and entitled stepdad complained. And she said because it really upset her, she actually didn't want me in her class anymore. She said she would keep Jess, but she will exchange me for another kid. I got so upset. I was only 10 years old at the time. I enjoyed being in her class. She was actually the reason I got so into Greek mythology. That is what she taught us in history. As far as I'm aware, all the time she was still at the school, she never made hot chocolate for the students ever again. Oh, and don't worry. When I went to secondary school, my entitled mum and stepdad were exactly the same. Whenever we had food tech, they would always moan about buying the ingredients. And if you didn't have the ingredients, you had to give a couple of pounds to the teacher to be able to use their ingredients. Well, my entitled stepdad and entitled mum refused to do that too. They had so many meetings with teachers and it actually resulted in me being kicked out of food tech classes. As I said, I'm not sure if this belongs here. My boyfriend said that my entitled mum and entitled stepdad were being entitled a bit as they stopped the whole class from having it. But I'm honestly not sure. Wait, OP, are you serious? (laughs) 
yes, clearly they're being entitled. I mean, they're literally not willing to pay, what, £2? Which, by the way, it's not a lot of money, is it? You can afford to pay £2 on a bit of chocolate for your entire class. They're not giving £2 of their own money away to enable a teacher to actually, you know, reward her students for great work, make the students like the teacher more and enjoy being at school. Like, yes, that is so entitled. You're literally ruining so many people's days, let alone your own child. You know, OP now at 10 years old is being told to leave the class because this teacher hates her parents so much. Imagine that as a 10 year old, that would screw you up in your head. And that is only because of your entitled parents not wanting to fork out literally $3, two pounds. Seriously, of course they're entitled. Madness. Uh, what's more, you know, when, when you go to secondary school, yeah, and you're doing food tech, which obviously involves making food, you're going to need to spend some money on ingredients. Surely that's, you know, part and parcel, you know, that's in the memo when you do food tech, but you're going to need to have some ingredients. And uh, maybe some schools provide all the ingredients for you, but surely at the majority you have to pay. Uh, you would think, right? It's because otherwise who else is going to pay? So why are they not paying for the food tech ingredients that you need to do your schoolwork? It's like not paying for an A4 pad of paper so you literally can't write anything down. It's, that equi it's the equivalent of that in my opinion. It's just mad. Um, yeah, no wonder you were kicked out, OP. Obviously, it wasn't your fault, but clearly it was your entitled parents' fault. 100% they are entitled. Now moving on to our third story, Entitled Mum accuses us of practicing Satanism for celebrating Halloween. So for a little background, I am a 20 year old female and me and my mum live in Argentina. Now we run a little English institute in our neighborhood. Not many students, roughly 25 to 30. Every year, we like to teach our students about the different festivities and holidays celebrated in America. You know, Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's, Halloween. They get to decorate the classroom and we have little parties where they bring snacks and play holiday related games. It is so much fun and they love learning about American culture. Their favorite holiday is of course Halloween. They get to dress up and we give them sweets. We've been doing it for years and never had any issues. That is until the last October 31st. The kids had dressed as princesses and superheroes and were decorating with cute little bats and pumpkins. Nothing creepy. We were having a good time until lo and behold appeared the most terrifying creature known to mankind. No, not a devil, not a zombie, not Dracula, not any other Halloween creature I can think of off the top of my head right now whilst I'm recording this. An entitled mother, the most terrifying creature of all. Guys, quickly, drop a like on this video if for next Halloween you want to see me, you know, dress up as an entitled mother and make a video in an entitled mother, a Karen costume. Like this video, comment down below. Let's see how many likes we get. Anyway, she barged into the classroom without knocking or even saying hello while dragging her daughter by the arm and starts yelling at me to get the person in charge. Trembling in fear, I scrambled quickly to get my mother. The conversation went something like this. My mother said, Hello, entitled mum. What can I do for you? Now shut up and listen to me, you little Satan lover. I ex excuse me? You heard me. What kind of establishment teaches children about Satan and how to adore the devil by forcing it down their throats on a foreign evil holiday? Mom, Halloween has nothing to do with Satan. BS. I know what I'm talking about. I read it on the internet. You and your daughter are practicing Satanism. EM, if you calm down, I can easily explain to you what Halloween is about. No, I will not allow you to feed my daughter lies and poison her mind with your darkness. At this point, the poor kid looked like she wanted to disappear into the depths of the earth. The other children and I could do nothing but just stare in horror. In case you haven't realized, this is a Catholic country. If you don't like it, you can easily go back to that country of brutes. 
My mum was too dumbfounded by this crazy woman's ignorance to even respond anymore. I pay you every month, so I demand you cancel this madness or I will be taking my daughter to another institute. I'm sorry, but other kids are having fun and enjoying themselves. I'm not going to cancel Halloween for them just because one person doesn't like it. At this point, the entitled mum goes red and starts screaming at the top of her lungs while violently yanking at her poor kid's arm towards the door. I will sue you. I will notify the police and tell my church that there are Satanists in town. I swear I will make sure you and your female dog of a daughter never teach again. She slams the door on her way out. Never saw her or her daughter again. And I have to say, I'm relieved. Though I do feel sorry for that poor child. She may not be able to ever celebrate Halloween, but she sure knows what it's like to live with the devil. Oh yeah, classy little line there at the end, OP. As I said, halfway through the story, I mean, what is worse than an entitled parent? Genuinely nothing. I mean, seriously. Uh, Again, if you do want to see me dress up as a Karen, you know, get the wig, whack a bit of makeup on. Am I even saying, am I really saying this though? But am I, you know, I am. If you want to see it, yeah, drop a like. Um, I'm going to set a big like guard because that involves, like dressing up as a Karen involves putting in like clip on earrings probably whacking some mascara you know that the whole whatever mile however many miles it is in the phrase um so yeah let's go for 15k likes I, i'm tempted to go 20 you know I, 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 I'll, I'll keep it low so i'll give you guys a chance 15,000 likes on this video yeah and i will do next october oh this is terrible next october i will film a video in a full karen costume with makeup with everything yeah 15,000 is that too low? 15,000 guys. There you go. 15,000 likes and I'll do it. It's up to you and it's up to you to keep on reminding me if we come if we come close as well. I know you can do it, but I kind of don't want you to do it. So if you wouldn't mind just, you know, now unliking the like button, that'd be great. Appreciate it. Let's move on. Now moving on to our final story. Entitled mother messes up big at the ER. As I was sitting in the waiting room at the ER, there was a young girl about 10 by her looks. She was also totally bald and didn't hide it. Overhearing her mum, I came to find out she has cancer and was getting ready for her chemo treatments. At this hospital, they have service dogs meant to calm kids down when they get scared. The dog they let her take care of was only small. I have no idea what breed, sorry. She was on the gurney, waiting her turn, happily petting the dog. This is when an entitled mum joins the story. She walks right up to the counter with her little girl who was crying. The entitled mum said she fell off the swing set and got a black eye. She was told to take a seat and wait until cooled. As she was walking to sit down, her daughter spots the dog and squeals. She wants to pet the puppy. The young girl's mother tried to explain that the dog was a special dog and her daughter was taking care of him and he was taking care of her and to please not touch the dog. The entitled mum did not like this and started at a very high volume where everyone could hear saying, my baby wants to pet the mutt. She is going to pet the mutt and put her hands on her hips like she'd already won the fight. The entitled mum then tried to reach over the young girl's mother to take the dog. But when she did this, she pulled the IV drip out of the girl's arm, landing it directly on her mother. I'm not sure about the dog, but it yelped so loud, so I assume she did as well. At this hospital, they don't just have security, but there is a police officer stationed there as well. Both security and the cop grabbed the entitled mum and put her to the floor hard. She landed face first on the big rubber mats they have at the doors. In seconds, she was cuffed and hauled into the security room, the whole time screaming about all the things an angry entitled mum tends to scream about. 
Her daughter was taken to a quiet room with a nice nurse while other nurses worked on getting the poor young girl hooked back up to everything. The poor little dog was so scared he became useless to the girl. Lucky they have more than one dog on site at all times. This time they brought her a German Shepherd. After I was seen and on my way out, I saw one of the security guys and asked him how things ended since I was seeing the doctor. He laughed and said she got trespassed from the hospital and its property, resisting arrest, assault on the cop, I guess she scratched his face enough to make it bleed, interfering with a service animal while it is on duty, assault on the young girl and her mother. If there was more, I can't remember. I just wish I was there when they took her out screaming and kicking. To be honest with you guys, it seems a bit weird that, you know, someone can literally just walk into a hospital, the ER in this situation, and instantly be able to be in contact with someone that is on an IV drip and is about to have chemotherapy. Do you you not think? Like, surely, normally, if you're going to have chemotherapy, you wouldn't sit in a normal waiting area waiting to have the chemo, you know what I mean? Like, with with a drip in. Wouldn't you be, like, on your own bed somewhere, maybe in, like, another room with other people that are also waiting? I don't really know how it works, I'll be honest. So please enlighten me in the comments down below. What I'm pretty much saying is it seems weird that someone can come in with a black eye and instantly, you know, you know, be in contact with someone that, that is about to go through chemotherapy and do something horrible like this. I imagine that, you know, this sort of thing doesn't happen too often where an entitled mum would attack a, a, a girl that is on, about to have chemo and is on a drip, I presume. So I assume that the hospital don't normally, you know, a- account for this sort of thing or expect this sort of thing to happen. But still, you never know. It's just a bit weird that, um, you know, you'd, you'd be allowed to be in contact with someone like this. In my opinion, at this stage of coming into a hospital with just a black eye, I don't know. There's a reason I don't work in hospitals, because clearly I'm clueless. So yeah, if anyone watching this does work in a hospital, please let me know how that could possibly have happened. It seems a little bit weird to me, but other than that, yeah, great story. I enjoyed this entitled mum getting absolutely flattened by the security guard and the police officer. And yes, like OP, I would have loved to see that in the flesh. No, your bully of a son can't go on our private beach trip. Entitled mother abandons her child. Okay, people have read it. I thought I'd share a story from when I was younger and when my children were still young. So, this takes place in the summer of 1975. At the time, my sons were 9 and 7 years old. Also, they were in the Cub Scouts. Like most kids, they quickly made friends with the other kids. And, as a dad, I made friends with the other dads that volunteered. Most of us got along well with the families, except for the entitled mother and her son. The mother was extremely clueless about her own son and basically refused to parent him. She was more into the lifestyle of a mum, being in mummy groups and spending her husband's money rather than being a good parent to her son. The dad was a good person but worked a lot, so he was absent. Her nine-year-old son was notoriously horrible. He was overly aggressive. He hit other children, stole items, and was extremely disrespectful towards other adults. When the other parents brought this up, she would make constant excuses for him. He's just a boy. He's just expressing himself. Your kids started it. What made it worse is that the entitled mother would pacify her son's behavior with sweets, toys, and other things that he wanted. Because of this, the other parents and I didn't invite the mother and her son to events that took place outside of Scouts. The entitled mother would often call our home about getting sleepovers or having her son play with our kids, which we were adamant about not happening. If we didn't give in, she said, You're picking on my son by excluding him. How could you do that to a child? She also threatened to call the governor for discrimination because she's a Baptist. 
So, late June, the other parents and I were talking about a beach trip to Santa Cruz and bringing our families with us. We talked through everything among the 10 other mums and dads about planning this out. The entitled mother, though, must have overheard what we were saying because she just came over with her son and said, Can you take my son with you? I have to do something with my husband. What? Where? To Santa Cruz? Uh, no. You and your son are not invited. This is a friends only trip the entitled kid then says you're a big meanie kicks me in the leg and runs away Look what you did child hater The entitled mum then leaves and chases after her kids because this was a big trip We decided to go shopping and hit the road on friday We had to do lots of shopping in bulk to reasonably feed 12 adults and 18 kids My wife and I along with four other parents were watching the cars and keeping the kids occupied For a brief moment, I turned my attention to my car to turn the AC up because my kids said that they were hot. I turned over and the entitled boy is there with his bag and the mum peeling out in her station wagon. We're all just in shock, asking ourselves, is this really happening to us? The boy's mother gave him a note that had his allergies and an emergency phone number on it. We call, but no answer. The mum's driving off. We can't leave the kid here alone and we're not going to bring him with us. So we opted to call the police. We put the kid in the car to keep him out of the sun and we made the call. We report the entitled mother for the abandonment of her child. They sent an officer out in 15 to 20 ish minutes. The other parents and I go back to our cars to look out for the police. When we get back, the entitled boy is pulling my four year old daughter's hair. The reason why the kids had some snacks in the cooler and didn't want to share them with the entitled kids What later proceeded as we were running to the car was 10 of the boys pulling the entitled boy off my daughter and proceeding to beat him up Now the kids had two years of rage towards this kid bottled up inside So what took place wasn't that surprising The entitled kid is bleeding crying and says that we're all mean and started demanding food from us He was cussing us out hitting things and then said I want to go on the trip. I want to go on the trip I want to go on the trip now He kept parroting this over and over again So I just yelled at him to shut up which only made him cry more Now, I will admit, I was probably in the wrong here, but this is one of the few children I have truly hated in my life. The police arrived soon after, and we explained what happened. Apparently, he was then dropped off at his father's job. The mother received a child neglect charge. When she saw that our kids beat up hers, she tried to charge our kids for assault. But all in all, my friends and our kids had a great week in Santa Cruz. If you're wondering what happened to the entitled mum and her son, the mum is still married to the dad. We don't talk to her since our kids aged out of scouts. The son is now a 55-year-old man who is a creep that tries to pick up college girls and neglects his four kids. Well, that's my story, Reddit. That's all, folks. Oh, I don't know guys. I honestly feel a little bit bad for the kid on this one Yeah, he probably wasn't liked by many people But I mean you were all talking about going on this big nice trip You know 18 kids were going on it and he was the one that was left out Let's feel a little bit harsh. I get obviously nobody wants him to go So to make the holiday better for all of you It's probably better that he doesn't go but because surely you could have like chatted about it in a different location or like Created a private chat so that the mum didn't hear about it I don't really get how the mum even understood that you were going on this trip to be honest I think you either she like 
like somehow found out or you probably should have been a little bit more secretive about the planning of this trip not speaking about it at cup events i don't know um it just feels a little bit harsh not on the mum though because the mum is an absolute cow clearly um not even not even understanding that her son is you know a horrible kid right now obviously you can grow and become a better kid but don't pacify him as op says that's the wrong way to go about it the kid though i kind of feel a bit bad for him you know he's just a kid he wants to go on holiday but yeah no one wants to go with him now moving on to our next post i made my entitled aunt cry over takeaway chips oh by the way that is um fries not chips as in american chips english chips a little bit of backstory here when i was younger we would celebrate either of my grandparents birthdays by spending most of the day there having dinner together and then going home Neither of my grandparents were exactly great cooks, so they'd always order dinner for the occasion. The grandchildren would get french fries and the adults usually got Chinese food. As a kid, I certainly was not complaining. Now, something you need to know is that my dad has two sisters, my aunts. I absolutely love his youngest sister and have always had a close bond with her. There's a large age difference between myself and her children, so I've babysat them from the time they were six months old. My dad's middle sister is a different story altogether. To use a description my British friends will be familiar with, they are scum cars. The house was always filthy to the point where there was a stack of used diapers bunched under a sofa, cigarette buds on the floor, clothes not being washed, you get the picture. Now, for some godforsaken reason, she spoiled her children absolutely rotten. Perhaps to compensate for the fact that she wouldn't offer them basic hygiene. Literally anything those children wanted was handed to them on a dinged and dusty silver platter. Now for the story. We were celebrating my granddad's birthday. I'm about 12 years old at the time and the oldest of all the grandchildren. This means I've been granted a coveted position at the adult table whilst the children play in the front room. My granddad is discussing what we should order for food this particular time. As per usual, the Chinese takeout menu makes an appearance. Me, feeling particularly responsible and eager to prove I belong at the adult table, offer to take down the orders. The adults in the family rattle off their order one by one, and I make sure to diligently note down what everyone wants. I'm not gonna lie, 12 year old me felt powerful. Next, it's time to take the orders for the children. I ask my good guy granddad if I can go and ask them myself and take it down. He gives me a big grin and ushers me along. Now I set to the task with the fervor of a missionary who's just landed on the shores of a heathen land. I asked my brothers and each of my cousins. Yes, that includes the entitled aunt's children, what they would like for dinner. Now this gets noted down neatly, even including the name of each person behind their specific order. I run back to my granddad with a sense of pride, as if I'd finished my first novel rather than written a glorified shopping list. He runs through the list with me and nods approvingly. He asks if I want to be the one who places the order, and boy do I. As I reach for the phone, my entitled aunt decides this is her moment to shine. She yanks my carefully curated list out of my hand and, not so quickly, reads through it. Moments later, I receive a glare that could have made Ho Chi Minh whimper. Apparently, I have made a grievous mistake. Why is there only five portions of fries on here? I was confused. Because there are only five children who are gonna eat fries? You must be stupid. Can you not count? I can count. There's me, both my brothers, and your children. What about your youngest cousins? Well, one of them is four months old and can't have solids, and the other one doesn't like fries, so he's eating something different. The entitled aunt rolled her eyes and snorts with derision. Well, what about my babies? One portion of fries is not going to be enough. 
These are adult portions. They always give us way too much food anyway, and then we have to throw it away after dinner. At this point, my entitled aunt tries to snatch the phone away from me so she can make the call herself. This was her big mistake. I was, and to this day still am, a particularly stubborn person. Couple that with the fact that I did not have a lot going for me as a child, but I had my brain. So insulting my intelligence was not something I took kindly to. I duck under her arm and race to the other side of the table, snatching the list as I go. I'm not ordering more food. This is enough. Give me that list, you little brat. Do you want to spoil my father's birthday and make people go hungry? I'm not ordering more food. This is enough. This back and forth continued in the same sort of way for another 15 minutes, with my granddad looking on rather bemused, shooting me the occasional wink. Meanwhile, my entitled aunt is getting more and more irate as I calmly keep telling her, no. By the end, she's screaming. Her face is red and blotched with a matching vein ready to burst on her forehead. So I do the only logical thing. I run into the bathroom with the entitled aunt in hot pursuits. At this moment, it has become my sole mission to sabotage this woman. I lock the door and dial the number for the takeaway place. She's now screaming, demanding I open the door right now. To which I reply, I am on the phone. I loudly and very clearly state my order to the takeaway place and give them my granddad's name, whilst my entitled aunt is still banging on the door. When I'm finished, I unlock the door and walk past her with a smirk that split my face in half. I go back to my granddad and hand him the phone, delivering the message that dinner will be ready to collect in about 15 minutes. He ruffles my hair and tells me, thanks, sweetheart. My entitled aunt, who has stuck to my heels like a bad smell, looks at this, loses whatever was left of her composure, and starts sobbing loudly. She complains to my granddad what a horrible child I am and that he should call the takeaway place back and rectify my order. But my granddad is done with this in about two seconds. He levels her with a look and calmly states, My daughter, you have lost in more ways than one. Get yourself together or go home. My entitled aunt locked herself in an upstairs bedroom for the rest of the evening and refused to speak to anyone. Food arrived about 20 minutes later, and as predicted, we had more than enough food to feed everyone. To be fair, I do totally respect what your granddad did there to his own daughter saying, Look, what are you actually doing here? Like, well, you're mugging yourself off, first of all, because you're arguing with my granddaughter, who is 12. You're a fully grown woman with kids. But I really like that he doesn't really care that, you know, he is her daughter. It's not that important because uh, she's just being an absolute prat in this situation and he's called her out for it. So, uh, yeah, well done to him. Entitled kids block road to do Fortnite dance. They weren't ready for an adult with no Fs to give to react. This takes place before the pandemic, but seeing a video about Fortnite reminded me of this. I was driving down a narrow street, technically a two-way, but people can park on the sides, so it's one-way traffic in reality at times. I'm driving along when these two little idiots, like 10 years old, jump out into the road about 50 or so feet ahead of me and stay there as I pull up. I motion for them to move and they start to do that stupid dance where they do the loser sign They're laughing and saying stuff like, what are you going to do? And you can't go anywhere. Annoyed, I put the car in park, shut it off and get out. They're a little startled that an adult was doing this. I assume they'd got an annoyed honk or mild yelling any other time they'd done this. They clearly didn't plan for something like this though. Now I'm six foot and stocky. 
I put on my best angry face and yelled, get the F out of the road, you little idiots, or else. I don't live in this neighborhood or near it at all. I was visiting an old friend from college who was visiting his parents, so I didn't have to worry about dealing with their parents or them again. Pants a little heavier, they run off into one yard. I get back into my car and start to drive off. I pass by them and one of the kids decided that he wanted the last word, I guess, and said, yeah, you better drive off. I slammed on the brakes and glared at him. They ran off into the backyard or something. I don't know, maybe you'll think twice about being little idiots in the future. And there you go, not the most harmful thing that these kids were doing, you know, doing some trashy Fortnite dance in the middle of the road. Remember again, this was last year as well, you know, the Fortnite dancers were popping off back then. And loads of people were holding the L, taking the L, whatever the dance is called. But it's probably best that these guys learn now, rather than later, that you can't kind of just stop in the middle of the road and wait for traffic to stop for you whilst you're playing a prank. Because at some point, one driver's not going to realize what you're doing and they're just going to plow you over, which wouldn't be a good thing. So um, yeah, they're only 10. Best they learn now rather than later. So yeah, overall, not the worst story. Now moving on to our second story. So it's the school's fault your nine-year-old failed the third grade? Okay then. Here is a tale of two boys. My six-year-old son versus my nine-year-old nephew. Normally, I hate it when adults compare one child over another, especially when it concerns someone else's child versus theirs. But given the circumstances of this story, and frankly, my mother-in-law favoring my nephew over my son, which she'll never admit, but does all the time, I feel like making an exception to one of my scruples. Anyways, both my son and my nephew are in the same school district, but go to different elementary schools. Due to COVID, the district gave parents one of two choices for the fall of 2020, full-time virtual or temporary virtual. Full-time virtual involves staying at home the whole year, meeting the teacher on a half-hour Zoom call, and then completing various lessons and assignments weekly at the family's convenience. Temporary virtual was a set of Zoom calls to simulate being at school without being there in person, which was temporary until the superintendent approved in-person learning again. In-person learning has been back since mid-January of 2021, by the way, but more on that later. My six-year-old was in temporary virtual because my wife and I really wanted him to be back in-person schooling as soon as the school district allowed it. In the meantime, my son was on Zoom lessons with the online class while my wife acted as a teacher's assistant, making sure that he was doing the schoolwork he was supposed to do, paying attention and learning what he was able to do on Zoom. I helped with a few things after I was done with work and gave her the break she deserved. I'm definitely glad my wife played this role so well. Our son did a great job with the online learning, but he's very happy to be back into in-person learning. My nephew, though, is a different story. My brother-in-law's baby mama signed up my nephew for full-time virtual learning. I think she thought that it would be easier because of the appeal of doing the lessons at any time of day. I think that woman just wanted to sleep in, frankly, because the last two years prior, she had him miss 70 days of school each year. And part of the time, that was why that's mad. To be fair, neither one of them really gave a dang about the concept of a good education. My brother-in-law didn't even lift a finger concerning his own son's education and would rather play Street Fighter online or smoke at a friend's house, while my nephew's mother only did certain things when she felt like it or when the school compelled her. Right before Christmas break, my wife and I heard from my mother-in-law that our nephew was literally kicked out of full-time virtual 
and will be put on the temporary virtual schooling program until in-person will be back in effect because he wasn't doing any of the schoolwork. I'm pretty sure my nephew will be repeating the third grade because of that. My mother-in-law and my nephew's mum, of course, blame the school district for him failing. Yeah, totally the school's fault your kid didn't do any of the work. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that, you know, online learning and dealing with kids who are doing online learning is very hard. Actually, to be fair, I imagine that the vast majority of you right now either have been in online learning for your school, college, whatever, or live with someone who is doing that or take care of someone who is doing that, maybe your kid, whatever. So let me know. Has it been tough? I think it probably has been. That's not, though, a massive excuse to completely fail the year and then not have gone to school for 70 days in the year prior when COVID wasn't a thing. So I get it's fair enough that you can say oh covid this and the school district has had this horrible scheme which isn't helping my son but ultimately yeah it's tough but everyone else is doing it okay like you say op your son is doing fine so i don't know it's it's, it's a tough one i don't want to like i don't want to really like trash on this mum and say you should be doing more because i know it's hard well i don't know it's hard but i've heard that it's hard but if everyone else is managing to do it okay and you're the only one that's not then it's probably the fault probably lies at your door rather than the school or the school districts is what i'm trying to say now moving on to our third story entitled mum her son and his friend walk into a war zone expecting not to be shot so basically at my town pool they have three pools there's a swimming pool which was for lap swimming water polo and all those games the second pool was the smallest known as the baby pool since you had to be four to go into the swimming pool the toddlers were allowed to play in the small easily watchable toddler pool the final pool is where this situation went down the splash pool this pool was full of cool blue and white structures which sprayed out water it was the only pool that accepted water gun use although there was peacetime twice per day That was toddler time and the first hour of opening. The first hour of opening is self-explanatory, but toddler time was when parents could allow their little ones to play without the fear of them being caught in the crossfire. During wars, it was typically two clans, which took up territory and role-played total destruction. My little brother and I usually got a good set of teammates due to the fact we always carried big double-barreled shotgun-like sprayers. Even more, the day of the encounter, my friend was with us using a big super soaker AR with multiple firing types. Sorry, I had no idea that this level of like detail in water pistols and water guns existed. Pretty crazy. We also had another teammate with a basic pistol, but I played with him before and he had good tactics. This is honestly sounding like actual warfare is about to go down, not just a couple of water gun fighters at a pool park, but hey, I'm all for it. On the other clan was two kids with some pretty cool super soakers. They needed some more people. So when two other kids, the entitled kid and entitled friend of this story, came from the swimming pool, they handed them some basic foam push guns. Due to its soft padding, they were also used as a baton for close quarter combat. And it was always a good complementary weapon when used correctly. What is going on here? Why are these water guns being used for physical violence now as well? Incredible stuff. Of course, with our pistol-wielding clansmen, we ditched the batons. The war started, and almost immediately, the entitled kid and his entitled friend charged at us with their guns, baton style. The entitled friend was shot in the face and started screaming. His friend got hit as well and stopped, trying to call a timeout. Their teammate came from behind them, confused. The entitled kid's friend said, Who shot me? My friend said, Me? Why'd you call a timeout? The entitled kid replied, Because you shot my friend in the face? 
But my brother correctly asked, well, why wasn't he wearing goggles? It's his fault if he didn't. Shut up. You guys are stupid little pieces of trash with your stupid guns. The entire kid's friend then started hitting my brother with his gun. And the first and second kids yanked it and the entitled kids guns away you guys are terrible at the game go away and you're all so mean we don't want babies on our team so the two entitled kids walked out of the pool the friends still crying and they just walked back towards the swimming pool we started to set up a new game with three teams of two but before we started a woman's voice yelled at us We looked in the direction of the voice to see a fat, sluggish woman with the entitled kid and his friend in tow. Of course, it was the kid's mum, the entitled mum of this story. Who hurt my son and his friend? No one. They should have been wearing goggles if they didn't want to get hit in the face. What do you mean? Why would my son be hit in the first place? We were playing with our water guns. They were on a team and were shot. That's kind of the point of the game. But her entitled kid said, no, he's lying. They shot us when we were minding our own business. Then the same kid who invited these two entitled kids onto his team in the first place said, hey, that's not true. You guys were, you think it's funny to attack my son? Give me your weapon now. She tried grabbing for my gun and my little bro just sprayed her. You brat, don't touch me. Stay back. I started thinking of the worst thing I could say and I found a good word. Stay back, you female dog. Excuse me, that's it. Where are your parents? They aren't here. They dropped us off. Leave us be or I'll spray you again. Wow, your parents aren't here to chaperone in the pool? That's very dangerous. I'm going to call the police because I guess you're being neglected by them. She thought she'd won until she saw what me and my friend were doing. We were, on purpose, playing rock, paper, scissors. What are you doing? Playing a game? No, you're insulting me. The entitled mum started trudging in the water and was sprayed again by my little brother. She got up close to him and started yanking the gun away from him. But some nearby man then started to scream at her, telling her to stop. She ignored him until a whistle was blown. She looked at the man, seeing him with his shirt off and red pants, which said lifeguard and a whistle in his mouth. Help me! These violent children are attacking me! The lifeguard responded. No, they were playing with water guns. Toddler time was an hour ago, so there is no reason they can't play. Those boys did agree to play. I'm asking you to leave the pool now. No, that's not fair! But the lifeguard walked over to his chair and grabbed a walkie-talkie. He called for the pool management staff dude, and a minute later, he was there, with two other lifeguards, forcing these guys to pick up their items and leave. We found two new kids to play with us and continued our war until closing time. Uh, yeah, not really too sure what this entire mum was playing at, to be honest. I mean, surely the principal thing that you know for sure when you go into a water park or swimming pool of any sort is that you're going to get wet and that people are going to be playing with water. That's kind of the point in it. So expecting water pistols and that sort of stuff is not really too outlandish, is it? You surely can think that that's going to happen when you go to a water park. I don't really know why she was so surprised that her kids were playing with water pistols. That's kind of what you do. That's my point, really. It's a bit of a shame, isn't it, really? Reading this story has kind of given me really nice memories of when I used to go to water parks and stuff like that, back when I was younger, but also back when COVID wasn't a thing. And to have, like, this annoying woman there just ruining it would literally ruin the day. You have to pay to go into these places. You're going out for a nice day with your mates. And to have a 
carrying like this saying no you can't enjoy yourself you can't have fun because i don't want you to yeah that'd be a horrible experience so op i'm sorry you had to go through that but um hopefully she's been banned from this place forever and you can go back and have more cool fights with very detailed and incredibly descriptive guns in future entitled mum freaks out because my computer can't play roblox First up, some info and backstory. I'm 14 and I've got lots of things I enjoy doing, but most of all is computers. Building them, benchmarking, selling, gaming, all of it I love. Recently though, we kind of lost our foothold in life, which caused us not to have the financial prowess we did before. It was never a lot, but enough. This caused me to sell my computer. And ever since I've been using a gateway laptop that's very, very old a pentium t4200 paired with vista so it doesn't run many games a list of games it can run are as follows counter-strike source counter-strike condition zero and half-life all at an average of 25 to 49 fps so then onto the story my aunt comes over with her daughter and her daughter's entitled friend now he's the only one who's really important to this story let's call him nate nate comes knocking on my door and then opens it I'm playing CSS with a few friends who have the game. Nate says, I was told I could play Minecraft on your computer. Uh, sure, in like 10 minutes, I reply. To the kid's credit, he's very patient and usually quite nice. He came from an unstable home, so I don't entirely blame him. 10 minutes pass and I can see he's a bit impatient. I had some schoolwork I could do on my phone, so I set him up on Minecraft. The only problem is my computer is way, way, way too low spec to run Minecraft. The only Minecraft I can get to run at a playable frame rate, 40 FPS, was beta 1.7 at tiny render distance. So I got him on the game and then I left thinking nothing of it. Less than 15 minutes later, I heard a loud banging noise. The kid had changed the version to pre-release 1.17 and blue screen the whole machine. The banging was him lifting the computer and bashing it on the desk. I go into my room to see the issue and I saw the blue screen. At the time, I thought the banging may have been from outside. The rest of the kids were in our above ground pool and this conversation ensued. I tried to update Minecraft and your computer kicked me out, said Nate. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I explained to you, my computer is very old and we don't have much money for a new one. This kid always had the best of the best, so he had a nice gaming rig. Well, I'm bored. Anyway, I'm going outside. All right. I restart my computer and go back to playing CSS with my friends for around an hour before my little cousin, Cursor, comes into my room. Let's call her entitled cousin as she now becomes important. Hey, OP. Can I play Roblox on your computer? She actually asked nicely for once. Oh, hey, sorry, but my computer can't really run Roblox. Now this is half true. It can run very basic games, such as Natural Disaster Survival, but it can't run games that are more advanced. Arsenal, Royal High, Adopt Me. If you try to run games that are more advanced, you'll hit two gigabytes of RAM usage and that blue screens the computer. She only plays Adopt Me and Royal High. You're lying. I've seen you play Roblox on it before. Now, I wasn't playing Roblox at the time. I was playing Doom. No, I've never played Roblox on this. I'm telling mum. She starts to storm off and I quickly realize I'm in deep trouble. I tell my friends what's happening before chaos strikes. 
the entitled mum walks into my room and says why can't she play roblox my computer physically cannot run roblox do you not know about computers uh i do know about computers also can't she just play roblox on your iphone my aunt has an iphone x which is more than capable uh my phone cannot run roblox your computer obviously can look at it it's a hundred times the size she says putting her phone next to the laptop mocking me like a child at this point i know she can't be reasoned with and i just cave and get her on her roblox account and lay in my bed at first my cousin is happily playing roblox obby games before she joins royal high now this whole time i'm on my phone next to her oblivious i was actually surprised it was playing at above 15 fps when i looked at what she was doing i eventually left my room after 30 minutes because i needed to do the dishes Apparently, Nate had been inside and was in the bathroom when I walked by, slipping into my room when I left. Now, I'm unaware exactly how long he was in there, but maybe 20 minutes later, I hear another crash. I go into the room and find that they had thrown the laptop onto the floor. I lose my temper and say to get the freak out. I look at my laptop now on the floor and see that the display still works But to my horror my entitled cousin had opened up 23 chrome tabs had royal high still running and like 12 youtube videos all at 720p Taking up well over two gigabytes of ram I don't know how it hadn't blue screened But it obviously wasn't working because you couldn't click anything the laptop is junk. Yes, But I paid $30 for it and I scrounged for that money and to watch them violate my things like this made me upset I couldn't even turn it off. It was running so slow It had to have taken three gigabytes at least for its slowness And then my entitled aunt walked into the room and started to get mad at me to compound matters Why did you kick them off the computer? She says taking my laptop in her arms trying to click stuff, but it's not working why isn't the computer working because your daughter and her friend broke it off they wouldn't do such a thing they said you threw it to the ground because you wanted to play on it i believe them i wouldn't count on what a spaz says now that spastic comment actually hurts i have a low iq of 67 and autism and at this point i really just cried in response learn some freaking manners we are guests you insert slur for italians we are priority she throws my laptop onto the floor with force before walking out my mum heard this she's barred them from our house now the laptop still works but my aunt threw it so hard it broke the battery and only works plugged into a wall it runs at like a third of the speed it used to and now only plays css at 15 fps instead of the 30 to 45. The fans no longer work and it blue screens every few hours but i'm hoping to save for a new pc very soon but it's looking unlikely oh man i'm so sorry to hear that happen to you honestly i know that having like an old rundown pc is one of the worst things you can possibly have and then to have someone just ruin it on top of the fact that it's already you know blue screening already running on fumes why come on that is just so horrible i know a lot of you guys watching right now probably have pcs of your own and you know that blue screening and having an old pc is like one of the worst things you can do but you know to upgrade a pc it's a lot of money i'm fortunate enough that i reinvested some of the money that i made from this 
YouTube channel back into a nice PC. But for, you know, two years of running this channel almost, I had like the oldest PC possible. When I tried to edit, it would just break down, blue screen. I'd have to restart. I'd lose all the all the video footage and all the files. It was horrible. So OP, I know it feels and I'm so, so sorry that, you know, someone has gone above and beyond that and made it even worse. Why? I just hope that you can get a new PC pretty soon. Doesn't have to be amazing, but better than one that blue screens every time you try and play a game at, you know, 60 FPS. Please, I hope you can get one of them. So then, moving on to our second story of today's episode, Entitled Mum Tries to Change the Date of a Performance. So, I, a 19-year-old female, have been helping as a student teacher at my dance studio for a few years now, and I've met a few entitled people here and there. But this one really takes the cake. Just a note that this happened a few years ago when I was around 16 or 17 and COVID wasn't around. I have a student, maybe around eight years old, in a junior ballet class. I will call her nice kid since she's actually really sweet. Her mum, the entitled mum of this story, is not. I could probably write a few more stories on what her mum has done, but I'll stick to just this one for now. Anyways, it's around performance season, and my studio has just confirmed the performance date for the performance. In my dance studio, there are windows outside of the studios so that parents can watch their kids from the lobby. I see the entitled mum waiting outside, and I was a bit shocked since she was often five to ten minutes late to pick up her kid. I guess that she just wanted to buy some tickets for the show, so I smiled at her and continued teaching my class. When class ended, I saw her talking to some other parents before spotting me and walking over to me. The conversation that happens goes as follows. Hello, can I chat with you about the performance for a bit? Said the entitled mum. Of course. Are you buying tickets or do you just have questions about how things will work? No, I, I wanted to talk about the date of the performance. Um, I can't make it. Oh no, that sucks. Well, if you want, we offer digital copies for parents who can't make it. It costs a little less than the tickets, too. No, see, I want to be able to see my kid perform on a stage. Yeah, but unfortunately, I can't really do anything about that. The only options we have are either to purchase tickets or a DVD copy. Well, can't you change the date? See, I really want to watch my kid. It's not that hard. Um, no, because the stage has already been paid for and booked and many parents have already bought tickets. Well, what would you know about this? You're just a teenager. Let me speak to the owner. I sigh and call my boss. I'll call him Ben. I already know that the entitled mum will lose because Ben is scary when he wants to be. I quickly tell him what happened and he took her to an empty studio to argue, well, chat with her. I don't know what he said, but it ended with her angrily fuming and dragging her kid out of the building. The week after, she actually bought a ticket for the performance. I asked her why she couldn't originally, and you guys want to know why she couldn't attend the performance? She had a hair appointment. I was a little shocked that she had made Ben argue with her over a hair appointment, but I didn't say anything. I don't really know if this counts as being entitled, but I think it does. Sorry, OP, you're not sure if someone requesting to change the date of an entire performance with loads of kids, loads of parents, obviously, you know, going on that date because they have a hair appointment of their own is entitled? Well, let me tell you, it's pretty entitled. I mean, seriously, guys, that has got to be up there. Um, Changing or wanting to change an entire dance performance with loads of kids, loads of parents because you want to have a hair appointment on that certain day. That is mad. I'm sorry. Just rearrange your hair appointment. Who cares? Your hair's probably trash anyway. 
crazy first time flying first class ruined by a karen so we're heading out for a family vacation flying first class for the first time our group has seven of the eight seats adjacent to the cockpit with one rando seated amongst us and boy did we find a karen right from the get-go karen made her presence known we board with my father-in-law who is in a wheelchair to find that for some reason this lady boards the plane along with the passengers that need additional time to board but she seems to be moving around just fine it seems her motivation to do so was to pack not only her overhead compartments with her multitude of carry-on items but she also needs to use all of mine and half of someone else's too okay fine whatever we can deal with it then the flight gets delayed for being short crew and karen immediately starts demanding wine before we even leave the ground as soon as the stewardess tells her no and walks off she starts complaining to us about how trashy first class is with this airline now at this point i'm already thinking jesus can you please just shut the heck up already then comes the inevitable we can just leave without the crew member right Apparently, she wasn't paying attention because the missing crew was the freaking pilots. We were actually released back out to the terminal for a bit to stretch since the delay was so long. But when we returned to our seats, we find that my daughter's seat was occupied by Karen's friend who was flying economy. After standing around and clearing our throats several times to try and get their attention, it becomes obvious they have no awareness of anyone outside their bubble. Frickin' finally, after both myself, my daughter, and my mother-in-law all asked them to clear out, they finally acknowledge that they're in someone else's seats. After all of this, we eventually get up in the air. Cue Karen slamming glasses of wine. After the third glass, she's obviously already drunk as heck because she then dumped the entire fourth glass of wine on my teenage daughter and didn't even freaking acknowledge that she'd done it. No, sorry. No, here's a napkin. She just immediately started demanding another drink from the flight attendant. All the while, she's keeping her mask down while she is drinking, as she's entitled to do so. But the second I take mine off to drink some water, this female dog grabs my arm and starts demanding that I put my mask back on. Are you freaking serious? You're gonna complain about a mask but it's totally okay touching strangers? Okay, Karen. At this point, I finally tell the stewardess about everything and they stop serving her. But she still spends the rest of the trip complaining about how trashy this airline is and trying to talk to my daughter the entire time, who is legitimately worried this moron is going to puke on her. Poor kid. OP, honestly, I'm so sorry for your first experience in first class to be as disgraceful as this. It's just such a shame, isn't it, really? I think I've actually said on my channel before, guys, that I've been fortunate enough to fly first class a couple of times through my dad's, like, you know, flying points. I would never pay for it, of course. I think it's ridiculously expensive. But, you know, through points, you might as well take up the offer. And it is a great experience, to be fair. You know, you feel amazing. Everyone's looking after you. You can actually relax on a plane rather than being, you know, all squeezed up with other people. It's good fun. However, if you have someone like this ruining your first ever experience, oh, it just takes away from it all, doesn't it? And what, look, if your parents have spent loads of money on these flights and, you know, it's just all been ruined by this one person, that's all that money down the drain for what would have been and what should have been an amazing experience and now is just something you really want to forget. Again, OP, I'm so sorry. 
And now moving on to our second story Entitled man refuses to move from mobility parking spots I am a manager at the way of subs and yesterday I had a man park in the mobility parking space I didn't see him park there at the time and come into our store We were serving another customer at the time who had just started ordering and the entitled man Interrupted the other customer to ask what the sub of the day was Already, this got my hackles up because he was so rude about it. I then look up and notice a car parked in said parking space, which is directly in front of our big glass doors. I looked at him and asked if that was his car. He said yes. Now, in New Zealand, people who qualify for mobility parking permits need to get a doctor to fill in the medical part of the form, and the doctor will often send the application form in for you, and you just need to pay for it. I'm not sure how other countries work, but that's us. So back to the conversation. I say to the man, do you have a mobility parking permits? No, I broke my back and I can't walk that far. Yeah, but you need a permit to be allowed to park there. I'm still waiting for it to come. It's illegal to park in there unless you have a permit. You need to move your car. I'll just get my food, then I'll move it. It's only going to take me a couple of minutes. No, you need to move your car now. The entitled man then plants his feet and drops his shoulders, almost like a three-year-old who is not going to do what you asked. It sucks, but we can't actually do much to make people move from those parking spaces other than ask them to move. The tow truck would take too long and they'd already be gone by the time the tow truck gets here. I decided to say the only thing I could in this situation. They either move their car or speed out of there like a scorned lover. And yes, this happens regularly, but most people will just move their car. Now, I did a lot of theater in high school, so I know how to project my voice without yelling. Sir, we will not be serving you unless you move your car. Well, he spun around like only someone who has an intact back could do and stomped out like a big man child. He threw himself into his car and sped off like someone was chasing him. The other customers who were in the store all had something to say. I was about to go and move my own car you were so intimidating. Wow, you're not gonna miss the five bucks he was going to spend. Good job. People like that annoy me. My grandpa needs those parking spaces. So thank you for standing up to him. It makes me feel better that everyone else supported me. To be honest with you guys, and let me know if you agree with me down in the comments below, but halfway through that story, I genuinely wasn't sure if OP had gone too far and was just, you know, assuming that this person was lying about their back when really they genuinely could have had a bad back and they genuinely could have applied for their permit that hadn't come yet. As in, do you get what I'm saying? How could OP possibly know? But then as this guy spins around and runs out and gets in his car, it becomes very obvious that no, he doesn't have any back issues at all. He hasn't got a permit. He isn't waiting for a permit to arrive. And he's just trying to, you know, be very lazy, park as close to the shop as possible, and then get his stuff and go just because, you know, it suits him. And he wants to spend as little time walking from his car to the shop as possible. But yeah, I mean, ridiculous thing to do. My granddad has a disabled badge, we call it here in the uh, in the UK, I believe. And um, that entitles him to go into these parking spaces that he needs because it's uncomfortable for people like him to walk a long way. Someone who is well-abled and is fully able to walk a solid distance and, and isn't handicapped 
should not be parking in those spaces. Imagine they were all full as one of the last people in your store said and you know, their grandpa needs it just like mine does. Like if they were forced to walk a long way to get into the store, they honestly may not be able to do it. Some people, you know, in wheelchairs, whatever. Horrible thing to do, horrible person. Well done OP for standing up to them. And now moving on to our final story of today's episode. Entitled dad wants my wife and I to get rid of our dog. For some background, I come from a South Asian Muslim family. In Islam, dogs are not allowed indoors because they are supposedly dirty and thus invalidate any prayer done in the home. Let's just ignore how dumb that is, considering dogs in the US are probably cleaner than many people back in my home country. Um, OP, that is a crazy statement to start off the story. But anyway, now, I personally am not religious. I know how to pray and will do prayers with relatives if visiting their homes and for certain holidays. But besides that, I'm pretty far from a Muslim in my personal views, and I don't regard religion highly in general, not just Islam, but every religion. I am married to a non-Muslim Caucasian woman who had a lovely dog from before we met. I was always okay with dogs, but obviously never had one growing up. I not only fell in love with my wife, but also her dog. I am now a full-fledged dog person. Now, when my parents found out I was dating a non-Muslim and Caucasian woman, it was devastating to them. They always figured I would have an arranged marriage. My mum, to be fair, was quick to get over it once she realized my wife is a great person and was happy to have a daughter-in-law. My dad eventually also seemed to get over it, but he is very religious and was not happy about the dog. He wanted us to get rid of her. We were able to work with a local imam who said it was actually fine for us to have the dog since you can't just throw a living animal away and if we kept a separate room for prayers. My parents and I live in separate homes so us having a dog in no way impacts their home. So now moving on to what's happening currently. After having the imam speak with my dad, I thought that that would be it. My dad uses the yard at my house for gardening and our dog did its business in his garden area. Now, normally she stays away from the garden area, but you know, dogs do dog things. We check two to three times per day in our yard to clear up any potential poop, but it just so happened on that one day that we didn't because it was raining in the morning and we'd gone to our friend's place in the afternoon. We just planned on cleaning up the yard once we got home. For some reason, my dad had come over he got angry he started yelling at me and asked again when we were going to get rid of our dog he didn't like that the dog used the yard that it's against the religion and apparently he can't bring his friends or my cousins over to our house because of the dog i told him we were not getting rid of the dog and i actually pointed out how many non-muslim things he has done which probably wasn't the best idea and that i don't care if he can't randomly bring people over to my house we would not want him to do that anyway dog or not he huffed and puffed and then drove home where he did some more complaints to my mum and got into an argument about it with my younger brother who like me isn't very religious yeah this is a tough one really isn't it and to be honest i'm not in the best place to even you know what sympathize or give my opinion on this because my parents aren't religious and i'm not religious to be honest but i know that it's going to be very difficult and i'm assuming that lots of you watching right now may have very religious parents and you don't particularly follow their religion or, or you know you're less involved in the religion than them and for some parents like these ones here it can be all well the mum seems okay the dad in particular it can be a struggle you know when the religion is such an important part of your 
your life and your kids don't really seem to care but ultimately you have to just let them make their own decisions at some point surely and um yeah in this story look the dad probably doesn't like the fact that you do all these non-muslim things but ultimately you're not a muslim so it's up to you what you do it's a tough one though look comment down below if you have very religious parents and you don't follow their religion to to such an extent that they do or maybe you do let me know how was how was your childhood with very religious parents i want to know because obviously it hasn't happened to me but i can completely understand if it was difficult or maybe it was great who knows comment down below let me know entitled kid thinks he can get a custom built pc for 80 bucks has this happened to anyone who owns a pc building service on facebook so a week ago i got a message from someone's kid asking for a pc so i tell him what i tell everybody and we got to the part of price when i told the kid the amount he said okay i'll send it in five minutes so five minutes later i got a paypal notification saying someone sent me 80 dollars i messaged him back saying thanks but when are you gonna send the amount of money needed to get the parts for the pc nothing so i waited for five minutes and forgot about it now it wasn't until yesterday that i got an answer back asking when the pc will be delivered I said, you didn't even pay for the PC, you paid for the labor. So after I sent that, the kid went crazy and started cursing me out. I just didn't even answer and refunded the $80. Wait, wait, so you're legit telling me that this kid actually thought that the price of a custom-built PC was $80? I mean, did he think it was $80 for the whole thing? Or did he think that it was $80 for the labor, as you said, but then you, OP, would have to go and actually buy the individual parts of the PC, put them all together for the $80, sure, and then give them all to this kid for free? I don't know, but $80 for a custom-built PC? Uh, Yeah, not on this planet. Now moving on to our second post. Entitled parents left his kid alone at the airport. Back when I used to work at an airport, I often dealt with kids traveling without parents. This was a paid service called Unaccompanied Minors, available to everyone under 18, but mandatory to kids under the age of 12 who traveled alone. The rule is that the parent or guardian or whoever escorts the kids, for the sake of clarity, I'll just refer to them all as parents from this point, has to stay at the airport until the plane is in the air. This was in case the flight was canceled, because the paid service did not cover anyone staying with the kid until the next flight. The most extreme case would obviously be that there'd be no flight available that day anymore, in which case the kid would have to go home and come back the next day. Obviously, most parents were fine with going to the gate with their kids and staying until the very last minute. In all my years, I only had trouble with one entitled dad. He came to the business counter with his child, which was already a big no-no, as checking in unsupervised kids takes longer than average, and the business counter was, well, supposed to be a fast lane for business class and high-tier passengers. The dad chose his own gold card, so I bit back my annoyance and asked the person next to me to check in my queue until I was done. I gave the dad all the forms he had to fill in, which already annoyed him. The kid was obviously under 10 and seemed very sweet. She looked relaxed and I guess she had done this plenty of times. Over the years, you learn to spot the ones who are not accustomed to traveling alone. The dad gave me back the forms and asked, so where do I leave her? I got a bit confused, but told him, like always, that he had to stay at the airport until the plane was in the air. What? No, I paid for her to be accompanied. Well, yeah, from the gate to the plane and from the plane to arrivals. I have a meeting in a town like three hours away. I can't stay with her. 
Sir, what if the flight is cancelled? We'd have to call you back. She'd stay here with you, wouldn't she? That's not a possibility. Sir, you agree to the terms when you pay. I didn't pay for this. Her mother did. And she told me I could just leave the kid with you. At this point, the kid started crying. Daddy, please come with me. Don't start. You like flying, don't you? Mum always comes with me. I don't care. I don't have the time. I want to speak to your manager. While we waited for my supervisor, we heard an announcement through the loudspeakers about a car in the no parking zone. The entitled dad went shit and ran away, leaving his daughter at my counter. She started crying in earnest and I panicked that the dad was taking this opportunity to bail. My supervisor came, we closed my counter completely, the queue was almost empty at this point, and took the kid aside to talk over our options, hoping that the dad would come back. After five minutes, and no dad later, we tried to call him. His number was one of the papers he signed. No answer. Then we tried the mum, whose contact info was also on the papers. She said she'd call the dad and ask if there was any way we could take the kid to the gate if he didn't appear, if she promised she'd be there in about 30 minutes. We told her that there was still plenty of time before the flight left and they could skip the security queue so we could make a little exception and wait for her at the check-in with the kid, but that we wouldn't let the kid go to the gate without her parents. The mother was understanding and told us that either she or the dad would be there soon. A few minutes later, the dad did come back, arguing over the phone with who we assumed was the mum. He yanked the daughter by her arm and took her through security. We felt bad, but thought that was that. No. I went back to my counter to finish the check-in and then got a call from the gate, telling me that the dad had left the kid with them. Obviously, there's a lot to do before a flight leaves, so they couldn't really look after her, and they asked if I could try to see him and tell him to come back. I didn't manage to spot him and my supervisor told me to go sit with the kid while she again called the mum my shift was about to end so i didn't have to hurry anywhere except home and i agreed to work a little overtime the kid was in tears and my shift manager had to get involved while my supervisor called the mum the shift manager called the airline asking if we could allow the kid on the flight if there's no parent present when the flight leaves We were a ground handling company and did not directly work for any airline. They told us straight up no. Fortunately, I then get a call from my supervisor telling me that the mum had arrived. To make things easier at the security, me and the kid went back to check-in. The mum signed new forms and escorted the kid through security again. The kid made the flight fine and it left on time. The mum was so embarrassed about the whole incident, but didn't really stay to explain the dad's behavior. And well, it wasn't really our business anymore. She did say this was the first and last time the dad would ever escort the kid and thanked us for doing all we could. She was obviously upset and overwhelmed, but we're not in a country where we share more than we have to. So it was not surprising that she just left after the thank you. I had to stay a while longer to write an incident report and got home absolutely exhausted. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear from the start of this story that this was always going to be an issue with this entitled dad. Clearly, I think he just thinks, you know, that he's too important to even be 
seen taking his thoughts to the airport for a flight and that was that's always been his wife's job you know why is he doing this he's got important meetings to go to wait what i have to stay with her for for a number of hours because it's legal i'm not doing that no no i'm not doing that i'm leaving i'm out of here it's kind of just like a crazy selfish um i I guess opinion to have of the whole situation yeah he clearly thinks he's more important than than anyone else more important than uop more important than his daughter more important than his wife more important than everyone kind of uh, if i'm being completely honest and yeah at least his wife is kind of you know a normal person and is is a more generous person and doesn't mind helping her kid fly but yeah crazy person crazy geese and um i honestly don't know what would have happened in that situation had the mum not got involved you would literally have had to call the police right mental does this dad want the police to get involved i wouldn't but you know he clearly doesn't care now moving on to our final post my entitled neighbor just demanded her garbage bag or compensation i just came inside from this confrontation although apparently it started months ago and i just didn't know it now i moved to this neighborhood about a year and a half ago it was bigger than my old place so i wanted a few more pieces of furniture and also wanted to swap out a few pieces I'm too cheap to buy new for the most part. Soft furnishings too big to go in the washing machine are the only things I usually buy new. So I upcycle and refinish most of my furniture. I do this mostly in my garage, but any spraying I do in the front yard on the mulch. Most of the neighbors had stopped at some point to welcome me or talk about my projects. A few had asked if I took orders. I told them I do and at a pretty low cost because I don't do professional quality. But it would have to wait a little bit as I wanted to finish my personal projects first One of the neighbors who asked was the neighbor lady across the street When I gave her my answer, she sort of sniffed and said fine. This was almost a year ago A few months ago was the yearly large trash pickup where you can put almost anything on the curb and the city will take it to the dump for you It's a great time to pick up new pieces. My neighbor lady had a pile of actually trashed items out But as I was working in the garage, I saw her lug a console slash entry table to the curb It looked beat up but not broken and it was one of the pieces I was actually looking for I headed over. It was pretty beat up as suspected. The finish was scratched to heck A pet had chewed one of the legs, but it was a solid piece. So I asked if I could have it The lady said of course. So I got my dolly and stashed it in my garage It sat in the garage for a few months, but last weekend I decided to work on it I sand down and refinished most pieces But after assessing the condition of the wood I decided I was just going to paint this piece as the patching for the damage would be too visible through a stain I stripped and sanded the piece down and fixed the damage Today I got it out and painted it in the front yard It's a navy color and i'm pretty happy with how it's going to turn out Just as I was finishing putting away all the tools and paint though, my neighbor lady came marching across the street. I thought she would just admire it, as people like seeing their old trash transformed. But instead, she said, I've decided that I don't want to give you this table, so I'm going to come get it when it's done drying. No, I said, you gave it to me. It's mine, and I put in a fair amount of time and money to refinish it. But it's mine you stole it from me and i want it back no it's now mine if you want it back it will be 150 (gasps) dollars what but it's trash now you ruined it i thought you were going to refinish it then why do you want it back plus i like it like this any other refinishing would have taken too long and cost too much 
Fine, if you want to keep it, I'll take $200 for it so I can buy a new one. No, you said I could take it from your trash pile. I even asked you before taking it. It's mine now. I'll just come and take it while you sleep then. For context, I usually leave pieces in the yard overnight to dry. Okay then, fine. I guess I'll just take it inside now. I then grabbed the leg of the table and proceeded to drag it into the garage. The neighbor lady reached out to stop me, but recoiled once she realized it was still wet. I pulled it in and waved at her with my now paint-covered hand as the door closed. It was a bit petty, and my hand is covered in paint, spray paint so it doesn't come off easily, and I will have to redo the leg, but it was worth it for the look on her face. Thinking back as I typed this, I think this might have been her plan all along. Get me to take it, refinish it, and demand it back. I normally would have charged like $30 to $40 to refinish something like that, but because she tried to trick me, the price more than tripled, and she ended up with nothing. Of course, she is still my neighbor. I'm sure I'll have more fun with her in the future. OOP, yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that that is exactly what this neighbor was trying to do to you. I mean, it's so obvious. It's so obvious when you're like, Oh, yes, I will put this out right on my well, right on my pavement Just so my neighbor who I know does up trash can see it Then let her, you know, meddle with it make it look amazing once again And then buy it back off her or just, you know, not even buy it. Just get it for free Yeah, so obvious. Uh, it didn't work that well in this situation lady because once you say to someone yes You can have it. It's not yours anymore. That was never ever gonna work. You're so dumb Sorry, it's just stupid. Like, it's just dumb. Just pay her a little bit of money. Pay OP a little bit of money and say, look, you know what? I know I can I can tell you're really talented here. Would you mind having a go at this? Because I'd like this piece, but obviously it's it's seeing better days. Give it a go. Give it a little brush up. And OP would have said fine for a pretty reasonable amount of money. Do you not think, guys? But no, OP did the right thing. Putting the price up astronomically because that's what you're supposed to do. OP did this for herself, not for her neighbor. Well done, OP. And neighbor, you're dumb. I can still see who's in the car. I work in a small liquor shop, and this happened last week, a couple of days before Christmas. An entitled son entered with his girlfriend and spent a few minutes browsing our wines and spirits. They then went into our cool room where we have our premixes, Jim Beam and Cola, for example, and our cartons of beer. All up, after about 10 minutes of browsing, they decided to get a four pack of Volca Cruises, a six pack of Jim Beam and Cola, a bottle of Southern Comfort, and a bottle of vodka. All up, it came to close to $130. I scanned the products and then asked for the ID of the boy. We have to ask for ID from anyone 25 or younger, but the legal age is 18. The guy fumbles around in his wallet, then says he cannot find it, and asks if I will accept a photo of it on his phone. I say no, I have to see the actual ID. His girlfriend then goes into her purse and pulls out her ID and shows me. She's 19 years old. I say thank you, but I still can't sell you anything, as you are together and I need to see his ID. The entitled son leaves the store and goes into a car parked right outside. We have clear windows, I can see straight into the car. He then comes back in with a piece of paper, which turns out to be a high school year 12 report card from last year. Why would you have that in your car? He asks whether this will do, and I say, no, it has to be photo ID. Cue his entitled dad. His entitled dad enters the store, pulls out his wallet, and shows me his ID. 
I say, sorry, I can't sell to you as you are with your son. The dad starts going on about how he has worked in hotels for 20 years. He tried saying that you can sell to someone without ID if another person can vouch for the person, which is not true. He said he knows the liquor licensing laws like the back of his hand, but I still refuse to sell. His entitled son leaves the store and the entitled dad says, There, he is no longer here. You can sell to me now. I say that I still can't as I know that the two of them are together. The guy's girlfriend leaves the store at this point, leaving just the entitled dad in the store with me. The entitled dad offers to give me $20 as a bonus if I just do the transaction. I still say no. He then says that there is no reason that I can give him that says I cannot do the transaction. I start mentioning the relevant parts of the Liquor Licensing Act and he says they are just guidelines, not law. So I bring up on my laptop some court cases I know of where people have tried challenging the fines levied when you sell to underage people. He says that is only when you are caught by the police and again offers to buy the alcohol and I again refuse. The entitled dad then goes on a tirade about this being unfair and unjust and I am preventing them from having a fun evening. I am being racist. That one blew me as I thought they were all Australian and that he was going to lodge a complaint about unfair selling prices. Now enter the entitled granddad. I already knew that the entitled granddad was in the car with the others, but he comes in acting as though he isn't part of the group. He starts walking around the store, acting as though he is browsing and eventually comes to the register. I say to him that I cannot sell to him. The entitled granddad pulls out his ID and shows it to me. I tell him that it isn't a problem with his ID. The entitled granddad then asks me what the problem is. And I tell him that the problem is that your entitled grandson doesn't have an ID. The entitled granddad tries claiming that he doesn't know who that guy is. But I then say to him that I can see straight out the window into the car where everyone was. He then tries to tell me that I'm mistaken, but I offer to play back footage on the store's CCTV showing everyone getting in and out of the same car. The entitled granddad starts saying that he is a former law enforcement, not a police officer. He knows what the laws are. He says that this is an abuse of their civil liberties. The entitled dad starts to come around to my side of the counter. I tell him to stop. The entitled dad says, just try to. At that moment, one of my regulars came in. We have a running joke between us about him being a detective due to some things he discovered on the internet for me that I couldn't find. So, as he came in, I said, hello, detective. The regular customer, now acting as a detective, said hello to me. The look on the entitled dad and the entitled granddad's faces when I said hello, detective, was priceless. I start talking to the regular customer about what this entitled dad and entitled granddad were doing in the store. But before I had even gotten through the first sentence, they had both hot-footed it out of the store and into the same very car. We turned and looked and watched them speed away. Honestly, guys, it's starting to feel like partway through that story became like a circus. You know, one member of the family goes in, another one goes out, they keep rotating. It's just like, I don't know what's going on here. They're just subbing in for one another, each trying to do the exact same thing, knowing that it's not going to work. I don't even know why they're bothering. At that point, should you just go to another store? You would have saved so much time. Like You've wasted everyone's time here. You could have been doing something way much more valuable with your time than just trying the same technique over and over again. Imagine the entire granddad coming in though, like what? an image just acting like he wasn't involved with anyone else in his entire family who happened to be in the store oh you know what sorry you're not buying this uh, selection of alcohol anymore 
I'll get it. How about that? I'll get it. And I'll get the exact same bottles that you were going to get just by chance. You know, we're not together or anything. Don't worry about that. Even though we look the same. This is my son and my grandson and my grandson's girlfriend. Don't worry about that. I'll just get the same stuff. Oh, thank you. See you later. Like, did you really think that was going to work? Really? Don't get me wrong. It is annoying because I've had the exact same thing happen to me. When you go into a, a store and you want to buy alcohol, right? And, you know, just one person in your group doesn't have their ID and it can ruin it because obviously, you know, you have to check everyone's ID. That is policy in a lot of countries, definitely in the UK. And it sounds like in Australia as well. And it can be very annoying, but, you know, it is policy and it is actually legal. You have to check everyone's ID in a group if you think they're under the age of 25, not just 18, 25 as well. So, yeah. You know, it makes sense. And uh, don't take the bribe. If you do work in a store, please don't ever take the bribe because your whole store could be could be shut down if people find out about what you've done. Um, so OP, you obviously did the right thing there. But uh, yeah, I don't know why these customers didn't realize that it just wasn't going to work. Now moving on to our second story. Entitled parent barges into gas station, makes someone cry and calls us workers headless chickens. If today couldn't get any more worse, well, it sure did. I start my morning at a gas station at 6 a.m. My manager, who doesn't work weekends, changed the roster on Wednesday. So we had someone who wasn't meant to start till 1.30 turn up at 6. We sent him home. The guy who was meant to start at 7 didn't show up till 10.30. His previous roster had him at 12 p.m. start, not 7 a.m. And the guy who was meant to be there at 10 started at 9.30 to help us. When I got there this morning, there were three of us. The other two had started at 5 a.m. One of them had his birthday party yesterday and was high on drugs and came into work with zero sleep. When he went on his half around 8am, he didn't even come back, leaving me and one other worker to cover the shop for an hour before someone else turned up. It was busy. Once we got our third person in, the other went on his half. Our manager stuffed up by changing rosters and not telling anyone. We did manage to survive till our manager came in along with two more staff though. So... This story happened just after 1.30 p.m. today. One of the guys who started at 5 a.m. had just clocked out as he was just finished for the day. I was in the break room coming back out after having a water and one of the new employees was calling me over to deal with a customer. Hello, what seems to be the problem? Of course, it was a Karen. Hello, I've been in and gotten this number to ring your manager and he isn't picking up. My daughter came in 30 minutes ago and got treated poorly. I want to speak to your manager in charge. I said I would try and find him, but it turned out he left ages ago. He came in at 11 and left at 12.30. I do apologize, but he isn't on site at the moment. Have you tried leaving a message? What? So you were telling me that there is no manager here? Are you all running around like headless chickens? I do ensure you that we are trained for what we have been doing, but anything in the office we have not. So what I'm hearing is that if there was a fire and the place burned down, well, who would you ring? When's your manager going to be in next? Well, we would ring the emergency line and then ring our manager on his personal phone. Our manager will be in on Monday and he doesn't work weekends. Okay, then give me his personal number. Well, I cannot do that due to privacy. Well, then where was the 5am guy who was manager today? One of the new employees mentioned the 5am guy who's our administrator. He is not a manager. The 5am guy has clocked off for the day and has gone home since he started at 5am. Also, he is not a manager. She then starts repeating the same story. What if this place burned down? Blah, blah, blah. At this point, a nice other customer gets involved. Hey, excuse me, Karen, but you can't come in here, push in front of the line and make a young girl cry. We were very busy and this nice customer had witnessed the whole thing. 
As soon as I heard make a young girl cry, there was only one other person working other than me who was a girl. So I knew who it was. At that moment then, I leave the Karen alone to deal with my crying co-worker as she is still trying to serve other people. The 5am guy was still in the office, but didn't want to come out because he knew the truth. The Karen's daughter did a drive off the other day and he had to do the manual fuel correction to get her to pay it. The 5am guy just said what he tells everyone with the drive off in our systems. I go back out to once again say that Karen has to call our manager and leave a message. I also pulled her up on the fact that she made one of our staff members cry and that this was the ending of her first week here. I just remember who served me. It was this man here. She says this pointing at a tall employee. But mom, he has only just started working for the day. Listen here, there is a photo at back with my daughter and my license plates. Then she tells me her number plates. I'm sorry, I cannot get that for you as it is private information on that paper and you are not the person in the photo. So due to regulations, I cannot give that to you. Well, go get it and put it right here. Then you're not handing it to me. You're just showing it. Once again, I cannot do that. It's a breach of policy. She got fed up with me following the rules and left yelling. Your manager is going to hear about this, she said. I was glad once she left. 30 minutes of saying the exact same thing is annoying. The 5am guy was still in the office. We had a talk about what happened and both of us couldn't do anything related to the store. Only our manager can. Yeah, I imagine that would be a very tough situation when you literally, you physically can't do anything else more than you were already doing. And you've got this like horrible customer who is just, you know, breathing fire at you, just being absolutely toxic and not listening to a word you're saying really. When you're literally telling them, genuinely, there's nothing more I can do here. I'm very sorry, but I don't have the power, you know, the influence. I'm not allowed to do more than just say, please call the manager, our manager, leave a message. And then he, she will, will sort it when they can. They're not working right now. And I literally can't even do the things you're asking me to do because it's not my job to i'm literally not allowed i don't know what more you can do in this situation and that honestly must be one of the worst things about working in any sort of like customer service job or a store when someone like this you have to deal with a horrible karen like this and they're genuinely not even listening to a word you're saying just making your life horrible guys if you have any like little stories about your you working in customer service or, or you know a shop like this dealing with customers like this Drop them down below because I bet it's happened to loads of you watching right now and I want to hear your stories from hell to be honest. Now moving on to our final story. Karen doesn't wait in lines. Or does she? I am so excited to have finally had a live Karen encounter. You know one where you're not thinking later of things you should have said. I'm making lasagna tonight. I needed a few ingredients so off to the grocery store I went. I really wasn't in the mood to go out, so I was trying to get in and out of there quickly since I only needed a few items. Throughout my shopping, I noticed a woman with her young boy who was probably about six or seven years old. I passed them a couple of times and could hear her nagging him or yelling at him. She was bumping into other shoppers without excusing herself and would huff as if the fact that she can't walk and push a cart at the same time was everyone else's fault. I got my items and headed to the checkout. There were only two lines open, but it wasn't crowded. I had only one guy in front of me and he was about halfway finished. Now, due to COVID, the store has a policy that you can't put your groceries on the belt until the belt is empty. As I was starting to put my things on the belt, I heard her coming and thought, "Uh uh-oh, please don't get in this line. I was starting to put my things on the belt and the entitled mum comes up very close, not social distancing with an overflowing car and her kid, 
who is playing a handheld game completely behaving She says um, I need to go first I'm in a hurry and my son is tired and needs to go home I'm sorry, but i'll be done in a few minutes But I have a kid plus we don't do lines Well, congrats on the kid. He seems fine to me No, no, you need to get behind me. I have a kid and he's cranky Looks to me like mama is the one who's cranky. You're gonna need to wait your turn Now this caused the cashier and two other nice guys in the line to start giggling Try not to say anything But my baby he's ready to go and i'm going first The cashier then said mom, please be patient and you'll have your turn. She was first I didn't ask for your opinion Then one of the nice guys came in. Well, that's no way to talk to the cashier karen Wait, what did you call me? That's racist. You can't call me that. Oh, I didn't realize Karen was a race. Where did Karen's come from? If I'd have known that, well, I may have let you in front of me, as you are clearly superior to those of us who don't bring kids to the store. The other nice guy said, Mom, look, no one is being racist. Karen isn't a race. Yeah, but it's impolite. And you're not? Oh, that's right. Karens can say and do whatever they want without any consequences. I forgot. Well, you don't do lines. I don't tolerate people bullying me and being complete buttholes. What? You just curse in front of my son? You're in big trouble. You can't do that. Then the nice guy says, Are you going to get the manager? Oh no, we better all run. By this time, everyone within earshot is laughing at her and she's starting to realize. We all know what happens when a Karen becomes self-aware. She starts screaming and stomping her feet. The cashier says, Mom, please, you are disturbing the customers and causing a scene. You can start loading your groceries now, but if you continue with this, you are going to be asked to leave. But they're teasing me, and all I did was ask to go ahead of her because of my kid, who, by the way, is still being quiet. She verbally assaulted me, and he was racist by calling me Karen. What are you going to do about this? This is your last chance. One more disruption and you're leaving. Yeah, Karen, stop disrupting, another nice guy said. Right as he said that, another cashier comes and opens the next register over and takes both the nice guys so Karen had to continue to wait her turn. She didn't end up speaking with the manager and didn't say anything when the other register was opened because I think she actually realized she wasn't going to win. I call that a victory. Yeah, no doubt, OP. That is a fat dub for you. Uh, You've done well there. I can't lie. You've put a Karen in her place. And yeah, like you said at the start of this story, when you said, um, you know, it's good to have a Karen encounter and not be left wondering later in the day, oh, you know, this is what I should have said. I should have done this differently. You know, when you have an argument or a discussion with someone and you think about it for hours afterwards, you're like, oh, I really wish I'd said this or this. It would have been way better. Well, luckily for you, you've done you've done well in the actual moment there. So no need to think about that, as you said at the start of the story. All three of you, I mean, all four of you, both the nice guys, the cashier, and you have put this Karen right in her place because clearly her excuses about her kid being cranky, tired, whatever, were just a lie. They were behaving perfectly fine. It was all on this Karen. She was the one that was causing such a ruckus, being such an idiot. And yeah, you all told her what's up and she had to deal with the consequences. Amazing stuff. Entitled Mum sells me a broken guitar because her baby can't play it. Multiple good endings. This story happened some years ago while I was living on the East Coast. 
I was driving back home from a friend's house and decided to take a detour through one of the more nicer neighborhoods because it was the beginning of fall and I'm just the sucker for scenery. While driving, I just so happened to have found another thing that I go crazy for, a garage sale. With me having some money on hand, I decided that this was fate and pulled over to check it out. At first, I didn't really see anything special. Just the kind of stuff you would expect to see at any garage sale. Old furniture, clothes, DVDs, and other small items. But then, in the corner of my eye, I saw something that I just didn't expect to see. A guitar. I went in for a closer look, expecting it to be some kind of cheap beginner guitar, the kind with a brand name you don't recognize. But no, what stood before me was an actual Gibson Les Paul. Side note, to those who don't know, Gibson is a very prestigious guitar brand name, and Les Paul is possibly their most famous model type. This model of guitar is legendary for being the weapon of choice amongst god-level rock stars. Example, Slash from Guns N' Roses or Ace Frehley from Kiss. Now, back to the story. She was beautiful, and yes, I refer to guitars as she. She was gold in color with white trim and looked kind of old, but was in really good condition. But what got me in an actual state of shock was the price tag. It said the price was $50. I couldn't help but think that the person selling this forgot to add another zero to the end, as well as a one to the beginning. So I picked up the guitar and went up to the woman handling the sale to ask her about it. Alright guys, so I've just gone on the internet because, you know, I was interested to see what the actual price of a Gibson Les Paul is right now. And as you can see, it's over £2,000 roughly, £1,500, anywhere from two dollars to $3,000 that is. Wow. Now, this woman didn't really look like a typical entitled parent, but her attitude and body language just radiated entitlement. It was like her aura was almost made out of pure smugness and hatred for the working class. Just by talking to her, I couldn't help but feel that she was the kind of soccer mum that you would expect to yell at the coach, as well as the referee, other parents, and maybe some kids, but I digress. Excuse me, mum, can I ask about this guitar? The price says it's 50 bucks. Is that actually correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, that is an unusually good price. Is there a reason for that? Yes, it's broken. I figured someone could use it like a decoration in their man cave or something. Hearing that just broke my heart, but it also got me curious because I couldn't find anything physically wrong with it. No cracks or any other signs of damage. I started asking more questions, thinking maybe I could fix her later. However, it was at this moment that any and all logic began to die and roll down a hill away from me. Can I ask what's wrong with it? Yes, my baby can't play it. Excuse me? My son, he says it's unplayable. Oh, does he work with guitars like a technician or something? Oh, no, he can't work. My baby is only 12. Hearing that stunned me for a quick second, but I then decided to try give the benefit of the doubt. I don't know this kid, so maybe he was one of those young musical virtuosos who got accepted to Juilliard early or something. So I take it your son is musically talented then? Oh, very much so. He plays that Guitar Hero game all the time. Um, what? What? Oh, you know, the game where you play music. He's constantly playing that game and is always getting the high score on it. I kept a straight face, but my mind was turning into that meme of the woman trying to do math. Let's insert that right now for those of you that don't know. So because of that, you got him a guitar. Well, of course, when you have a child as gifted as mine, it's important that you nurture their gifts. So you think he knows what he's doing? 
He obviously knows what he's doing. So if he says it's broken, then it's broken. Listening to her talk made my brain hurt, but it also helped me decide to take the chance and buy the guitar. While paying, the woman went on a long, insane rant about how the guitar was actually a gift from the kid's late grandfather from the dad's side of the family and how he must not like her son because he gave him an old hand-me-down guitar instead of a brand new one. Hearing all this legitimately upset me, but I just decided to just keep my mouth shut and leave. After getting home, I immediately took the guitar, plugged her into my amp, retuned her, that was all the maintenance she needed, and played a few notes and chords. To my amazement, she sounded perfect. It felt as if her soul was singing the praises of freedom. I spent the rest of the day playing and tripping out that not only have I purchased my first ever Gibson Les Paul, but I also only paid $50. But the story doesn't even end here. A few weeks later, I made a friend at a party who was an actual guitar technician. I told him my story and he said if I wanted, he could appraise my guitar for me and tell me her true value. I took him up on the offer and the results blew me away. It turns out my baby was a vintage Les Paul from 1973, retailing at well over $3,000. That doesn't surprise me, guys. We saw earlier what these guitars go for. 3000 seems very, very reasonable. He then asked me if I was interested in selling, but I told him there was absolutely no way I'm ever letting go of her. But the story still doesn't end there. Shortly after getting my baby appraised, I get word from a friend who turns out works in the same office building with the husband of the entitled mum. She updates me about what she learned and apparently the entitled mum's husband is of course absolutely fuming. It turns out not only did the mum sell a very expensive guitar for just 50 bucks that was a gift from his father to her spoiled kid, but she also sold it without him knowing. Not only that, my friend informs me that the entitled mum has also been looking for me. My friend tells me that the mum wants to find me so she can demand the guitar back. Not offer to buy it or even pay back what I paid. She wants to demand that I give it back for free because apparently I scammed me out of a priceless family heirloom and robbed my child's ability to play music. My friend says she didn't say anything about her knowing me, but then asked me if I wanted her to say anything to them about who I was. I tell her absolutely not. If she wants a guitar, she can buy a new one with the money I gave her, just like she planned. And I agree that this guitar is a family heirloom, but it's my family heirloom now. Sorry, entitled mum. But if it means anything, if you are reading this, I named her Karen. Oh my God, I hope she sees this video. Incredible. Look, guys, the thing with that guitar is it clearly was not being appreciated at all by this entitled mum or the kid. I mean, maybe by the husband, but maybe, you know, not enough for him to, you know, warrant saying, no, we are never, ever selling this, um, clearly. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's a better thing that OP's got the guitar now. As he said, you know, they weren't appreciating it. Now it's your family heirloom that you can keep for generations because, of course, it is such a legendary guitar. It is incredible that this this family would sell that guitar, a $3,000 guitar, for 50 bucks it's a madness and obviously they're gonna massively regret that but um you know if you don't respect things you don't like find out about them then yeah you get you deserve what you get i mean it's literally been passed down for you like in generations through your family wouldn't that be enough to you know cause enough to not sell it even if it was worth a lot of money i don't know maybe they really need the money but you know if you're trusting your 12 year old kid because he's good at a game guitar hero that i love guitar hero as much as the next guy but because I can play guitar her, it does not mean I can play guitar, then yes, you are a, a stupid woman, I'm sorry to say, and you deserve everything you get, like making a massive $2,950 loss on a guitar. 
incredible. Now moving on to our second story, how not to react when your child finds a bit of bone. I was thinking back to an incident that happened when I was a young child. We lived in a harbor town. To either side of the harbor, the coast was lined with giant seaweed-covered, rat-infested boulders. In other words, a brilliant place to play if you were a kid. My N-mum, my narcissistic mum, often brought us there because she could let us loose on the rocks while she sunned herself in peace on a nearby beach. One day, it was in the local newspaper that a man had fallen off one of the piers and died. It happens, the waves are huge sometimes, hence the boulders. Within a week, it was mostly forgotten. My mum brought us down to play on the rocks as usual. I was playing and found what, to my childish mind, was clearly a bit of skull. The edges had been worn down and it had a few tiny barnacle things and bits of weed on it, but I fitted it to my head and it was exactly the same shape. I was very excited. Look, mum, I found a bit of skull, I cried out with the sort of innocent glee that only a young child can muster. I bet it's from the man who died. Of course, my claim was absolute nonsense. I was just looking for drama, trying to get attention. My excitement died as I was verbally berated, though, for daring to be thrilled with something that I found, thereby interrupting her me time. Still, I was a stubborn little thing and put it in my pocket to take home. A couple or so years later, I mentioned to someone in school, who happened to have normal parents, that I had a bit of skull in my important place, a secret hiding place. She told her parents, who told the police, who sent a very cuddly policewoman down to ask me questions and collect the bit of skull, which I wanted to keep because it made a nice bowl. It turned out that the newspaper had downplayed the details of the man's death and he'd been dashed to death near the boulders where we played. It was indeed a piece of his skull. Trump's current tantrum, not a patch on the hissy fit that my mum threw. How could I do something so disgusting? Why didn't I tell her? I've ruined her life again. You're legit telling me you found a piece of a dead man's skull who'd been murdered. I, I presume that, what did you say? You said that they've downplayed the deeds of the man's death. He'd been dashed to death near the boulders where you found a dead man's skull and your mum was just like, you know, I don't care. Let me, you know, get a lovely tan. Wow. I'm blown away by that story, honestly. I mean, I don't really know what to say. I can't believe she then says, yeah, why didn't, why didn't you tell me? Uh, no, I tried to, mum, on the actual day that I found this bit of skull. But yeah, I, all, honestly, throughout all that story, I was thinking just like OP was thinking, I presume, for, for years. Yes, I'm joking it was a bit of skull, but in reality, you know, it's probably just a little bit of rock or whatever. But no, it, it legit was a bit of skull. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. Now moving on to our final post. Mother-in-law steals wedding decorations, mad when caught. We were married in a large pre-COVID ceremony in a local, large, beautiful hotel almost 20 years ago. We paid a small fortune for flowers as we got married post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas with burgundy and hunter green the colors. We had fresh garland and flowers added to the already provided ribbons and bows on the chairs that were facing the aisle the wedding party walks down as well as all over the venue. It was absolutely gorgeous. The wedding went perfectly and the reception even better. My mother-in-law even left her usual fanny pack and drove his coat off for most of it. The problem was the next day. We get a call from the wedding venue saying we needed to pay one and a half thousand dollars for missing ribbons and bows that were provided. I looked at my husband and we asked if we could find them and return them, would we have to pay? They said no. I asked if I could call them back. They said sure. 
My husband and I looked at each other and I said we both know who took them He looked defeated and sighed. Oh, I know he takes his phone out and calls his mother Hello Morning mum. Did you take anything from the wedding venue when you left last night? What are you talking about? This is how you greet me on your first day of marriage? Look, we just got a call from the venue that they are missing a large amount of their bows and ribbons that they provided We owe one and a half thousand dollars if we can't return them. We can't afford that We were 19 and 24 years old when married and just bought a house and see previous posts about the credit card issue Okay, look mum. I know you have them. Just bring them back But they belong to you anyway. They're trying to cheat you No, they provided those bring them back now What's the big deal? They can get the same things at Family Dollar. They're worth 20 bucks, not one and a half thousand. Well, then go and buy them at Family Dollar and bring those ones back. And my husband hangs up. She did eventually bring them back in three large garbage bags. We took them back and got a lecture. We told them to keep the flowers and garland in exchange for the hassle. If only this was the last of it. We still hear from my mother-in-law about how mean we were. 18 years later... We are pretty much no contact now except for large family events so many more stories well op if your mother-in-law genuinely thinks that stealing decorations from your wedding is a legitimate thing to do and isn't a big issue then yes i would love to hear a lot more about her so please post some more stories and hit me up because uh wow (laughs) how could anyone ever think that's a reasonable thing to do i mean how would ever actually do that is she thinking like when she's taking all this stuff down obviously she knows she's stealing it right she can't seriously be thinking that oh this is uh my 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 sons and and, you know his new wives let me take it and just keep a hold of it until they're ready to get it like clearly she's not thinking that so what is she actually doing literally just stealing from the wedding venue or just taking things that she thinks look nice literally it was always going to come back to you and, and your husband that's what i don't get because it was your wedding if something goes wrong with it and you know someone has stolen something the wedding venue were always going to come to you and say something's been stolen it's on your head it's your party obviously it's your wedding so how can she be so dumb to not understand that this was obviously gonna you know come back to bite her in the butt and also the fact that you guys both knew it was your mother-in-law before you know you'd even found out it was genuinely her proves that she's got history of doing this and is obviously not someone that could be trusted with things that aren't hers entitled mum demands full refund for a bike her son crashed a little background i started working at a bike shop about a month after the lockdown started bike shops were still open because supposedly they count as necessary transportation anyway i had barely any school and my mtb team wasn't practicing anymore so i thought it was a good time to make some dough I arrived at the bike shop around 9am and checked in with the owner slash manager I was only allowed to work at the cash register and some occasional customer service since it was only my second week on the job The other guys got to work on bikes in the back since a large part of our business was bike repair The day was going pretty smoothly Two people brought their bikes in for repair and one family bought three bikes for their kids But then dun 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 she came in This lady came in huffing and puffing with her two kids being dragged behind her plus one of the kids bikes No mask and all i'm like, oh god, I can't do this today So I say to her could you put your mask on it's store policy right now to my surprise. She actually said Oh, sorry. I forgot Thank you. What can I do for you today? I want to return my son's bike. It doesn't work anymore 
Now, we don't allow returns on bikes, but we do have a one-month warranty that covers minor and easy-to-fix damages. Sorry, we don't allow returns. We will fix your bike on us, though, if the warranty is still active. Ugh, fine. Okay, we will need a receipt or proof of purchase then. Couldn't you just look my name up? No, I can't. The entitled mum then proceeds to rifle through her purse for five minutes, trying to find the receipt. And when she does, she slaps it on the counter. There. I take a look at the receipt, and the date on the receipt was from seven months ago. Sorry, but you bought this bike seven months ago. So? Well, our warranty only covers one month of use. What does that mean? It means we can't fix it for free. Well, why not? I just told you. The entitled mum then says in a very threatening voice, just give me a refund and I'll leave. What? No, the repairs for your bike won't be very much, only around 45 bucks. I don't want it fixed anymore. I want my money back. Mom, we don't accept returns on bikes. If you really don't want it anymore, you could just donate it to charity. Oh, I've had it with you. Where's the manager? After she said these fateful words, something even worse happened. I've forgotten about the kids she had brought in. I heard a loud crash and look up to see one of our bikes that was hanging from the racks on the floor. Her entitled kid said, Oops. What the heck are you doing? Don't talk to my son like that. I'm trying to recompose myself here. Look, your son just knocked down a $4,000 bike. You are being so rude. My son didn't mean to, right, son? Yeah, it was an accident. My boss then burst out from the back, wondering what the heck was going on. OP, why is that bike on the floor? Well, this lady's son just knocked it down. My boss rushes over to the fallen bike to assess the damage. The freaking frame is cracked. Now, this was a carbon frame bike, which means if the frame's cracked, the bike's done. This kid right here knocked it over? Yep. He only knocked it over because your employee was harassing me. Wait, what? Lady, I don't care why it was knocked over, but I trust my employee more than you, and I'm going with what he said. I won't make you pay the full price of the bike, since only the frame is damaged. I will need 2000 from you, though. What? Why do bikes cost so much? You don't have to pay it right now. We could arrange a deal for monthly payments. I am not paying for anything. You should be paying me for all I've gone through in this shop. My son did nothing wrong. It was your stupid employee who made it fall. What? How did I make it fall? I wasn't even close to the bike. The other kid starts to cry now because of all the yelling. Now look what you've done. The kid starts crying louder. I'm calling the cops for trying to treat me out of money and harassing me and my kids. I look over to my boss and he kind of shakes his head, telling me just to let the cops come. Once the cops came, she told her bogus story of how we were harassing her and her kids and trying to cheat her out of money. She said I had knocked the bike down and I was lying about damages to get money from her. She also said when she tried to return a non-functional bike, we rejected her. My boss told me to just let her dig her own hole. When the police asked for our side of the story, my boss walked the officers into the back room and of course showed them security footage of her son knocking down the bike. He then explained our return policy and our warranty. Finally, he showed them the damages to the bike that was knocked over, confirming that we were not lying about that. She was arrested and had to pay a bunch more than what she originally would have had to. She also got two weeks in jail for resisting arrest and lying to officers. 
Oh god, just just why in this situation would you cause such a fuss? Just pay the $45. It's not even that much. You get you know, a bike that you can actually use. It's like why why not just just do the simple thing? Yeah, probably you were hoping that it would be under warranty, although surely in the back of your mind you knew that you're not gonna have like seven months to refund a bike that your son's broken. But $45 to fix it? Sure, that's just a no-brainer. Like just pay the money, move on with your life. Don't don't mess around. Cause your kids to, you know, go into some weird state where they're like worried about what's going on. Accidentally knock over a $4,000 bike. Oh my goodness me. Then go to prison. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, well, I'll ask you guys, yeah? What would you rather do? Pay $45 to get your bike fixed or pay $2,000 and go to jail? For me, that's quite a hard decision. I have to think about that one. But let me know down below, what would you do? Now for our next story. I met my biological parents today. So for some backstory, I am adopted. My biological parents gave me up at birth. My adopted parents adopted me when I was young, but were always open about my adoption and everything. They never kept anything about it away from me and always told me the truth when I had questions about my adoption. I never had too many questions about my adoption though, as I just wanted to believe that my adopted parents were the people who gave birth to me. I, a 16-year-old girl, had the opportunity to meet my biological parents the other day. It was my choice whether I wanted to or not, and I decided to meet them. I thought that maybe there was a chance that they weren't heartless buttholes, and that maybe they were just falling on hard times and couldn't support a child, and that now they were doing better and wanted to actually form a bond with me. Oh, how wrong I was. My biological and my adoptive parents talk it out and set up a date and time to meet up. And my adoptive parents relay it all to me to make sure I was okay with everything. For the most part, I was just agreeing with everything because I was nervous not to make a bad first impression. After a little bit of talking and discussing, a time and date had been settled on. Directly two weeks from now at a restaurant called Texas Roadhouse, the fanciest restaurant we have where I live. The week before I have to go and meet my biological parents, my adopted mum took me shopping at the mall for some new clothes. I've never been too fond of dresses and stuff, and my adopted mum knew this, and so instead of taking me to some place like Coles or Claire's, she took me to Hot Topic and Spencer's, where we found a couple fancy things that I liked and that we thought that my biological parents would like as well. Some time had passed, and I was getting ready to meet my biological parents. I put on the clothes and hop into my adopted parents' car so that they could take me. The plan was that my adopted parents would drop me off and they would hang around the area for a bit so that if something happened, they could get to me quickly. We get there and after a small pep talk from my adopted parents, we go into the restaurant and meet my biological parents. Right off the bat, as they looked at me, they mumbled stuff under their breath, which I can only assume was about my outfits. My biological parents themselves looked like your typical snooty rich parents, as they were decked out in all types of jewelry, fancy clothes, etc. Already, I was getting a bad vibe from them. We greet each other, and after like a minute, my adopted parents leave so that me and my biological parents could eat and get to know each other. So, me and my biological parents get escorted to a table and sit down. A couple seconds pass, and my biological mother says something. So, how are you liking your life so far? Um, it's good, it's good. My biological dad then chirps in. Well, tell us about it. Um, there's not much to tell you about. I live, as I presume, any normal childhood. Okay, uh, do you have a boyfriend? I froze at this question. I am lesbian, and although I normally am not afraid to show it, I was this time. 
My biological parents looked like very judgmental people and I didn't want to have a bad first impression. After a couple of seconds of silence, I gave the best answer I could. No, I told them I didn't have a boyfriend, which technically wasn't lying. The rest of the day goes pretty much exactly like this, just with a couple typical Karen things thrown in by my mum. She would constantly snap and call over waiters, treat the staff like trash, etc. All of this was pretty bad, and I wanted to call my adopted parents and leave, but for whatever reason, I decided not to. An hour or two of awkward entitlement passes, and just as I was about to finish my food, my biological parents say something I will never forget. OP, we need your help with something. You have a biological brother who is currently in the hospital. He got into a car crash a couple of days before we contacted you. He needs a kidney transplant, and your dad and I have both offered up ours, but we weren't matches. The only person who does have a match is you. We hope you're willing to give up your kidney for your brother. This broke me. I now knew why they all of a sudden wanted to meet up with me. They didn't want to form a relationship with me or even get to know me. They just wanted to use me to save their actual son. I didn't even know I had a brother. And at that point, I frankly didn't care. I told them no. They abandoned me as a child. And 16 years later, they want me to save a brother I never knew existed. I told them no and just walked out. I walked out of that restaurant and called my adoptive parents. My real parents. I told them to come pick me up and they said they were at the target right next door to me and said to wait in the car or come look for them in the store. I opted for the car. I didn't want to be around anyone at that point, so I just walked and searched for my adopted parents' car. My biological parents probably came after me, but I don't know that for sure, as when I left the restaurant driveway, I didn't look back. After about 20 minutes in the car crying, my adopted parents come and immediately noticed that I was crying, despite my best efforts to hide it. They asked what was wrong, and I told them everything. They seemed just as annoyed as I was, but they comforted and consoled me nonetheless. I'm glad I'm adopted, because as far as I'm concerned, my real and only parents are my adopted ones. Oh my goodness me, what a trashy couple of people. We actually had a story very similar to this one a couple of weeks ago, where a family member contacted a distant relative purely because they needed something from them. In this case, a transplant like the other story. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Firstly, you leave a child, uh, you know, when they're young and just F off and do your own thing. And obviously they have to go into foster care and get adopted and that sort of stuff. Then when you actually need something from them, you you contact them saying, oh, I'd love to get back in contact with you. We definitely don't need you for a, a key organ for our son that we actually love and care about and actually took care of. No, no, no. This is a, a purely friendly thing, not a not a use thing at all. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, come on. Ugh. Just think about it. Like, think, put yourself in OP's perspective, right? She's probably waited her entire life to meet her biological parents. Obviously, yes, you love your adoptive parents because they are your real parents, of course. But obviously, you'd be interested to know what your biological parents are really like. This is a big, big deal for OP. But no, just gets thrown back in their face asking for a kidney, for Christ's sake. Wow, some people, man. Now moving on to our final post. Entitled stepmom gets mad at me for having my period, then calls me a skank in front of my dad when I get birth control. Bit of backstory. My periods were insanely painful. I've actually been hospitalized because of them. So when I was around 15, my stepmom and my dad were going to a barbecue for my stepmom's brother. I don't remember the occasion, but it wasn't for anything big. They asked me to come along and I told them I didn't feel that great, so I was going to stay home. 
They left and about two hours later, I fell to the floor in complete pain They were still out and my dogs found me on the floor My pitbull stayed next to me while my boxer ran around for someone. Yes, this is important I texted my dad telling him he needed to come home, but he didn't answer. So I texted my grandma Hey grandma, I think I started my period. Do you have any painkillers? Of course I do. I'm out shopping right now, but i'll drop them off once i'm done here Okay, thank you About five minutes later. I get a call from my stepmom. The conversation goes as follows Why did you text your dad that? Because i'm laying on the floor in pain and I can't get up Why can't you get up? I'm on my period and this pain wouldn't stop unless I stay curled up in a ball like this Ah, fine. We are coming home, but don't ever text your dad with that again Then she hung up. I waited about 15 minutes for them to arrive home My boxer ran over to them and showed them where I was My dad picked me up and carried me to my room My stepmom gets some painkillers a heating pad and then tells me to sleep She was mad the rest of the day and wouldn't even look at me The next day we meet my biological mum and my dad tells her everything that happened My mum and I decided to start looking into birth control We found out I can't have the pill due to the fact I have epilepsy So we heard about how an implant was still in testing and how it wouldn't have an effect So we went with that one I told my dad and stepmom that I got birth control to help and my dad was happy Then my stepmom says well, I hope you know that means you can't go around sleeping with everyone I sat there in shock that she says something like that in front of my dad I'm demisexual, which means I don't have sexual attractions towards people. I have no emotional bond with So random stranger hookups were out the window Around dinner time. I still couldn't stop thinking about what she said My dad knew that something was troubling me and said she didn't mean it. You know, that's not how it meant to come out I believe my dad of course this was mistake number one When dinner was finally served She kept giving me dirty looks and looked at the food like I gave her a severed human head seat Did op help make any of this? Everything except the vegetables that you made my dad wanted me to grow up to be the cook in my family My stepmom then proceeds to only eat the vegetables like i'm going to give her some sort of disease because I got birth control I ate about half my food and then cleaned up my dad apologized for her, but I didn't believe it Yo, any of you watching right now, do you have step parents that you just despise? Like you just don't get on with them well at all, despite getting on with your biological parent really well? I don't know, like if they if your biological parents have divorced and they now have new partners, how do you get on with those people? Because I find it really strange that your dad and your mum, biological dad and mum, OP, in this in this story, seem like nice, normal people that would help you out if you were in severe pain. But I mean, for some reason, your dad has chosen now to go off with this other woman who just seems horrible, right? How can someone, you know, be happy with one woman, your mother, who seems completely nice, and then move on to somebody else like this, who clearly is a horrible person. You don't get on with them very well at all, and I'm sure your dad knows that. Like, having to apologize for your new wife to your own daughter is very, very strange, and surely there are, like, loads of, like, red flags that are going off in his head right now, or just right in front of his eyes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let me know down below, guys, if any of you have been in this sort of situation, because I imagine it's actually more common than I, than I think, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, I want to hear your horror stories of your step-parents, or maybe you have an amazing, amazing step-parent. I don't know. Maybe you have an amazing one, and if that is the case, then you're lucky. Because you're you're in a better, a better situation than OP in this story, that is for sure. Entitled mum tries to shoot my eye out at a paintball park. So, me and my dad, mostly me, are really into paintball. 
I got a geo 4 and a new freak kit for my birthday And I like to be comfortable when i'm playing meaning I don't really like to wear winter clothing while playing So my dad and I thought we should just wait for spring to roll around meaning now before we went to play paintball Oh, and by the way a geo 4 is a pretty cool paintball gun As me and my dad are entering the pro shop at the paintball place an entitled mum comes up to me And asks if I would go easy on her two kids entitled kid one and entitled kid two I say sure because I could tell they were younger than me and that they were new to paintball Me and my dad are filling up our pods and hoppers so we can start heading down to the field to play But again, the entire mum came up to me and my dad to ask if we could give them some paints Could we have a case or two of your paint, please? Uh, sorry mom, but but me and my dad are planning to use all of our cases of paints Now the entire mum's husband, the sweet dad of this story said Ginny, we should be fine. We can always buy more if we need any more they, they have so much paint though. They aren't gonna use all of it now May I remind you that me and my dad are really into paintball So we usually get six cases of paint to last us the whole day My dad says if we have any left over at the end of the day We will give the rest of the paint to you the entitled mum though snarled at us in disgust Like we just peed on each other right in front of her Skip an hour and 30 minutes or so and me and my dad are on the opposite team of this family Now, call me annoying, but I wanted to get the mum out as disrespectfully as I could, but in a way that is deemed sportsmanlike. Now, at this paintball park, bunkering, when you shoot someone up close, was allowed, and I plan to use it to my fullest extent. As I'm playing, the two entitled kids are not calling a single hit and are wiping off the paint marks. I get annoyed and I go for the hand, because being shot in the hand is one of those spots you don't want to get hit. Along with your boobs, crotch, neck, and eye. The first entitled kid starts crying and a referee takes him out of the match. The mum was fuming. She started to walk towards me. And as soon as she was 20 feet away, I popped three in her leg and one on her mask. The ref pulled her out of the match and the game ended. As we return to the safe zone, the second entitled kid finds a Geo 2 paintball gun and starts to fake shoot people with it. I snatched it away from him and tell him to never point guns at things. The kid then said to me, Can I use your gun, please? No, my gun's important to me and it's also very expensive. I don't want anything to happen with it. Oh my god, I'm just looking up how much a Geo 4 costs, the uh, paintball gun. It's over a thousand pounds, so that's like almost one and a half thousand dollars. That is an expensive paintball gun. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised you don't want to let this kid borrow it. But the kid continues. I want to use the gun now. The dad, though, intervenes. Son, let's go over there and look at the other matches. No, I want to use the gun. Then the entitled mum rolls up. Why won't you just let him use the gun? My dad says, I just got it for him for his birthday. And this is brand new and quite expensive. We just don't want to run any risk of damage. Completely reasonable, by the way. Oh, come on. Our guns cost like $50 each. Your gun isn't expensive at all. It's just like all the others. The game was about to start, but I realized the first entitled kid had taken my mask. HK Army something, I forget. Probably quite expensive as well, I'm not gonna lie. As I'm chasing the kid around the safe zone, the second kid then shoots me eight times under my eye with his paintball gun. I turned around to see the entitled mum helping her hexborn shoot me. I snapped me and my dad both said what the f are you doing? I could have lost an eye or worse and you're just helping your son do this to me the actual f are you doing lady? The two kids start to cry and the entire mum was crying too 
A ref came over to see what the problem was and the entitled mum tried to play the victim by saying that I was framing them by rubbing paint on my face to make it look like they shot me. I swear, their sweet dad gathered up all his strength to say that his wife and son did it and that he was done with her. The cops were called by me and my dad and we pressed charges against the entitled mum and our court date is being decided. And yes, we gave all of our paint to the sweet dad at the end of the day. Seriously, lady, that is one of the golden rules of paintball. You do not shoot anyone with your paintball gun when you're not in the match and when the referees haven't started the round, especially when someone doesn't have their mask on. That is so dangerous. I mean, look, normally a paintball gun shot to your body, even without protection, without, you know, armor or whatever, it's going to hurt, obviously, but it's not going to put you in serious danger. It's just going to, you know, bruise probably. But to the eye, that is completely different. That can obviously take your eye out. I mean, so many things can take your eye out. A paintball gunshot obviously is going to be one of those things that's seriously dangerous. Why try to do that? I mean, even if it happens in an accident, that should never happen because you should never be, you know, in a position to shoot your gun when you're not in the actual game, in the arena. But actually, aiming for someone's eye and then saying afterwards that they faked it by rubbing paint on their eye my god like that's so dangerous seriously oh wow i'm just happy op that you know you actually got out of that with your eyes still intact because for a second there i was really scared for your eyes now moving on to our next post third grade art critic hi everyone yesterday i read a story here that kind of reminded me of this event that happened back when i a 35 year old female was in the third grade about nine years old It was around Halloween, and during class, we had a lot of small Halloween art projects to do. Making ghosts, small decorations, you know the drill. Now, in my particular classroom, we had our regular teacher, and there was a student teacher as well. I can't remember the name of the student teacher anymore, so I'll call her Karen, and my regular teacher will just be teacher. The student teacher didn't do much of the teaching at this time. I think she was early on in her program, so she mostly just supervised the classroom. For the most part, up to this point, I liked her just fine. And me being me, I really wanted to impress her and be noticed. I was a quiet kid and was picked on quite a lot. So as a result, I didn't really have any friends. I was very lonely. So one day leading up to Halloween, we're given an assignment to take black construction paper as a background and use other color contrition paper to cut out Halloween type objects, ghosts, pumpkins, etc. to make a haunted house picture out of the cutouts. In my school, there was a hallway that everyone traveled through daily to get to one side of the school and the other. So sometimes exceptional work would be hung there to be observed by other members of the school, a kind of bragging wall, if you will. So we were told if we did really well, some of our pictures would be hung in this hallway. I was super excited. Here was a chance for me to stand out as something other than a loser. For background, I never understood and I still don't know why I was singled out by my entire grade to be picked on. My family didn't have a lot of money, so I never got to wear cool clothes or anything, but I didn't look poor or anything. I was well cleaned and kept, but for some reason I lost on the friend lottery. This continued to happen till about the seventh grade where I finally met some nicer kids and I've been friends with them ever since. Anyways, I go to work making my projects. Karen, the student teacher, walks around the classroom looking at everyone's arts and admiring their work, giving pointers and generally making the other kids feel good about their work. Eventually, Karen goes to sit at her desk as students bring up their finished work to see. I'm working hard and I've made what I thought was a cold house with lots of ghosts, pumpkins, bats, a full moon, the works, or at least what little third grade me could do. 
Eventually, I get it to where I want the work to be and I nervously bring it up to the student teacher to see. I was so excited to find out what she would say about mine. My desk was actually in front of hers, so I'd heard all the nice comments she'd made to the other kids. I hand her my work and she gives the following critique. Hmm, well, OP, I have to say that if I were to select this one to hang in the hallway, I'd be completely embarrassed to have this represent our class. I was crushed. I sadly took my picture back and nodding my head, I sat down in my seat and cried. I was heartbroken. I'd worked so hard and she thought it was terrible. My actual teacher then came up to me and asked me what was wrong. She asked me if it was something Karen had said. But me, for some reason, not wanting to get her in trouble, I was a real pushover, said no and continued to cry, but more silently. Now, sadly, this story has no happy ending. It was from this moment that I believed I couldn't draw and do any art and completely gave up on it. I look back and I wish I'd said something or stood up for myself, but I was such a lonely and sad kid, I guess I wanted to do anything to feel accepted. I'm better now. I still have no art skill because I never worked on it again, but I think because of my experience, I've learned how to, hopefully, raise my son to be a stronger person than I was. Time will tell. My goodness me, what a terribly sad story. And you can see, right, at the end of that story, the effects that that teacher still has on OP today, just because of the way she's worded it at the end, it makes me realize that, wow, the actions of that teacher 26 years ago are still impacting this person's life today. She's still, right now, at the age of 35, is thinking that, oh, I should have done something differently. It was potentially a little bit my fault for, you know, not standing up to this teacher, not saying to the real teacher that it was the student teacher who'd made her feel so bad. But it's, it's got nothing to do with that that's completely the wrong way to look at it in my opinion and it just shows how much this teacher has had a negative impact on op's life you're nine years old that's not your fault that your your own teacher is putting you down like that and saying your work is trash what a horrible thing to do the complete opposite thing that you'd want your teacher to do even if your work is bad fair enough if it is it doesn't matter. You're nine years old. A teacher can't go abusing their nine-year-old students for, for working hard and making something that, yeah, maybe it's not amazing art, but they put their all into it and they're trying. Why then go and ruin their dreams? As OP said, she now hasn't, you know, done much artwork for the rest of her life because of that comment. And, you know, it's really affected her self-esteem. She could have been a great artist. Who knows? Nobody starts out drawing as a little kid being incredible at art, do they? I mean, yes, people are talented, but a lot of artists, you know, they hone their craft over years and years, do loads of lessons with supportive teachers and they get good at art once they're you know 15 20 plus not nine do you know any nine-year-olds that are exceptional at art and are you know selling paintings all over the world no because it's pretty much impossible this teacher has annoyed me seriously i mean i don't really mind people being entitled because you can get over that but ruining a kid's life and making them feel bad about themselves and still questioning what they did 26 years ago when they're 35 years old when it wasn't their fault that's unbelievable and that teacher should know better and there we go guys if you have made it to the end of this video first of all thank you very much for watching it all you're an absolute legend second of all why surely you got better things to be doing with your time than watching all of that rubbish apparently not oh fair enough if for some reason that wasn't enough for you and you want to watch even more entitled parent stories i've chucked four of my other entitled parents movies up on screen click one of them they're all great i'm sure you're gonna love them if you are still watching right now if you are and you are new to the channel please do subscribe for daily reddit videos in fact we're doing twice a day throughout december so yeah check them all out i love you forever see you soon hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 